0: We have major breaking news tonight, and I'm not surprised that it's happening on a Friday because this is when news is released in the, with the intention of killing the story. But the border crisis, the migrant crisis that Biden is facing has now become, uh, it's, it's a historical record, the amount of unaccompanied children that are coming to the border. And the breaking news is that the White House border coordinator has resigned. This is happening on a Friday night, which means... They don't want the news to pick it up. And if the news does pick it up, nobody's going to see it because tomorrow's Saturday and then Sunday. And then by Monday, the news cycle is just totally different. Well, the crisis is so bad that not only did the coordinator resign, but the White House apparently now is proposing cash payments to illegal immigrants in an effort to make them stay where they are. How about how about this? The White House says, we'll give you money instead of spending the money on you here. Now, I'll tell you, in my opinion, that that's not going to work. People are just going to say, thanks for the money. Now I can use it to come to America because America rocks. So this just shows you that we are dealing with a, with a, a special level of ineptitude and chaos right now in the Biden administration. Ever since he came in, he has been, his rhetoric has been very soft. And we've, we've heard this. It's a pull factor. The, the illegal immigrants have already told, or at least one has told ABC and maybe another, one of these other news outlets, I believe NBC, because of Joe Biden, because of the opportunities he's offered, they're coming to the United States. And now the White House can't handle it. So we're going to talk about all of this. We have a great guest talk to us about uh, the economy and the, the lockdowns. We have John Tamney, who is a libertarian author. And do you want to just introduce yourself?
1: Yes, uh, I am a Vice President of FreedomWorks, author of the new book, When Politicians Panicked, The New Coronavirus, Expert Opinion, and a Tragic Lapse of Reason. Uh, thrilled to be on tonight. Thanks so much for uh-huh. having me. Yes. Cool. Yes, and I am also Ian Crossland from iancrossland.net
2: here in the house talk uh, about the Federal Reserve with John. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> we're, we're knows that. We're very excited about yes. this. Yeah, Ian just kind of lit up when John was talking about the Federal Reserve, and well, I have batch Lids in you, the corner. There
1: are chapters on the Fed in this Ooh. book. So you, did, did, two chapters. <laughs> didn't you mention you have a book, or did you not mention? I did, yes. Let me mention the book again. Oh, no, no, the, yeah. other, <laughs> one, the other one. The yes, other one. Uh, there's a book called Who Needs the Fed? It's my <laughs> second <laughs> book. I love it. I, I make this odd argument that, in fact, the Fed has been rushing toward irrelevance since its creation, so... Uh, I offend both—equal opportunity offender with my commentary on the Fed. It was
0: funny because when you—I I was like, oh, you, you have other books, and you mentioned. One One of my books is Who Needs the Fed? Ian's Eyes, like, oh, oh, what's that? The Fed? <laughs> let's, let's find an
2: answer to that Ron, question. Yeah. Ron Paul? Ron Paul? Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, everybody. Let's. W- this is crazy news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access, access to exclusive members-only segments. We have this huge library of content at this point from all of these different guests. You can only see these episodes if you are a member, and becoming a member helps support the show because the purge is real. Look, they, they've been going after Steven Crowder. If Steven Crowder goes, many other channels are, are going to get erased because, I mean, he's basically at this point, the he's a big channel. I mean, if they're actually going to go after him, it's only a matter of time before everyone else gets hit. So if you really want to support the show, go to TimCast.com, become a member. But don't forget to like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review, leave us five stars, a good comment that really helps. But ultimately, just share the show with your friends because that's actually the best way you can help out. Spread the word, get some organic growth, and we'd greatly appreciate it. But let's just jump to this first big story, and we'll just kind of we'll see what's going on. White House considering cash payments to Central Americans to stem migration. I love that headline because the headline makes no sense. You should actually, you should actually just say, White House considers giving cash to illegal immigrants, which will do nothing, and they'll come anyway, and then it'll cost even more money. That's a better headline. Here's here's the New York Post reports. They say. The potential cash cash transfer program would be targeted at residents of Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador, which counts for the overwhelming majority of migrants illegally crossing the border. Roberta Jacobson, the White House Southern Border Coordinator, told the outlet, we're looking at all of the productive options to address both the economic reasons people may be migrating, as well as the protection and security reasons. Jacobson told the outlet in an interview. In March, nearly 170,000 migrants were picked up by U.S. Border Patrol agents at the southern border, a 70% increase from February. All right. You get the gist of the story. You ready for the big hammer drop? Who who was it who said that they were planning on doing this? Why? It was, uh, well, let me, let me just read it. The, uh, uh, this is Roberta Jacobson, the White House's southern border coordinator, telling the New York Post, we're looking at all of the productive options to address both the economic reasons and she's gone. Oh, White House Border Coordinator Roberta Jacobson resigns as Biden struggles to contain the historic surge in, in migrants. It's amazing because it looks like this story about her resignation came before the New York Post was able to publish the story where she said, we're just going to pay these people. Look, America's awesome. Everybody wants to be here. I get it. I would love everyone to find the American dream you got to do it the legal the legal way the law is set up not because we hate people but it's because we want to make sure people don't wander through the desert and die we want to make sure human traffickers aren't trafficking children we want to make sure that guy with that little girl is actually related to that little girl and you can't do it when people just pour across the border so this is this is one of the most insane things i've ever heard i don't i don't know what you guys think i think most people just their jaws just dropped when it's like the us will give money to these people to make them not come they're going to come anyway
2: it sounds like they're considering bribing foreign nationals to not commit a crime with our own tax money. It's insane to me. The consideration is absolutely insanity to me. So you're 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 more of the
0: libertarian, but I think what would you say, little L or big L? Small, or?
1: small small L. It's look, it's it's guilt money. Uh, we know what this. It's guilt money first and foremost. Uh, my point of view is that the the best immigrant wall of all is a lack of economic growth. Can we? let's not forget that from 2009 to 2014, more people left the United States and crossed back over the southern border than came in. As long as the U.S. is awesome, people are going to come here. To me, that is a market phenomenon that they're trying to solve with central planning. Is it any surprise when you solve something with central planning that you have a crisis? what i would give if both sides acknowledge that there's a a need for workers and so let's let's legalize work in some way um it's never going to happen because both sides want to politicize this and and they will continue to do this this will never be solved it's like the people who say let's have a flat or sales tax yeah good luck it's never going to happen it's not in the the incentive of congress to simplify the tax code they will never solve this with free markets but do uh, I guess one of the challenges is different sectors require
0: workers. You know, not every single sector can have the same kind of labor done. So a lot of the people who would be coming from Central America, they're not going to be computer programmers or, you know, solar panel engineers. They're probably going to be low-skill workers or, or laborers. Is that a fair assessment?
1: It's a fair assessment in some way, but what if we legalized work? What if we said we're not going to discriminate based on, on you're coming from somewhere else? To some degree, people have to do low-value work once they're here because that's the, the easiest way to not be discovered. How many Cuban immigrants going back to the 1960s came here? They were educated but were busboys once they were in the United States. So once you legalize things, you'd get a, a, a greater disbursement of workers. I think you'd also get a lot more talented workers to come here because uh, we know this well. If you're a foreign talent and come here to school, you can go to school here, but you can't necessarily stay here.
0: I'll tell you this, that sounds like a way better solution than just giving them money and hoping they don't come. Because I'm pretty sure if if we give them money, they're going to come anyway. I I, I don't think giving someone cash, there's no contract there. What is that?
1: Yeah, well, the the coyotes will see that money and say, okay, here's the money that will help you get across the border. I think it, you can't, uh, look, North Korea is a police state. But people still come in and out of North Korea. We think in a free country like this that we can keep them out. And it's always struck me as odd that people on my side say, well, um, we want limited government, but we also want strict border enforcement. Sorry, the two contradict. You cannot have a very strong border enforcement with guns and also have limited government. So to me, it's always been make a choice. And I would prefer... That we we'll, we have a market solution, but that is my the idealist in me talking. But I,
0: I don't I don't think uh, I, don't, I don't think you necessarily disagree with many of the conservatives or many even even pro borders uh, libertarians. I think everybody agrees if we could find places for these people through a legal process, we could keep track, we could make sure people are, are, are succeeding. Well, that's great. The problem is they're wandering through the desert. They're coming with coyotes and smugglers. Kids are dying, and so it's basically chaos. Right. I think it was Donald Trump who said something to the effect of, you know, have everybody come, everybody, but they got to do it legally. That's kind of the idea.
1: Maybe it is. But if they had the same rules that when our ancestors got here and they probably all got here at different times, most of us couldn't be here today. If, If the rules that prevail today prevailed 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, most of us wouldn't be here. And so, sure, I would love legal too, but when you make the legality of it so limited, is it any surprise that you get the most desperate people crossing, uh, crossing uh, through the desert and everything? If you had a legal process, again, a market driven process, when you don't have central planning, I think what you'd find is you'd have people coming the normal way because there'd be an incentive to come the normal way. And you could have fewer guns at the border because if you say we legalize the work process, there's demand for human capital here. The minute someone steps into the United States, they become exponentially productive by virtue of being in this country. If you legalize Mm -hmm. that, they're not going to sneak over, at which point you can have fewer government agents targeting the very few who don't announce themselves in the first place. But do you think uh, many of these workers displace entry-level workers, American citizens, who are trying
0: to enter the workforce? No. So one of of the things, and good point. Well, we'll, uh, I'll follow up, (laughs) but I I want you to go more in depth, but I want to make one one point because one of the things we've actually heard a lot, millennials say that around 2008, when they're getting out of school and they're entering the workforce, the economy collapsed. All of a sudden now, Gen Xers are occupying these lower-skilled jobs, and they can't find work. I experienced this to a certain degree. I was trying to get a job as a dishwasher because I was desperate and I come in and there's some, you know, I'm, I'm in my, my, uh, late teens or I'm, I'm 20 or 21 years old and there's a guy who's in his 30s in a suit with a briefcase trying to be a dishwasher for minimum wage. I couldn't get the job. It was impossible. So I ended up playing guitar in a subway. Now we're hearing from the, you know, Gen Z where they're saying, You've got all the millennials now finally starting to, you know, come into these positions and take these jobs. And we entered this this broken system in shambles with an economic crisis in our youth and now an economic crisis with the pandemic. So you have a lot of young people who have repeatedly seen some kind of struggle in terms of getting work. Now you have an argument for many people of relaxing the borders, allowing more labor to come in to compete with people who have already had a hard go of it.
1: Um, It's a fair argument, but I don't think we can have it both ways in this argument. We can't say that they're coming in and taking the jobs that no one else wants to do at the same time saying they're taking jobs from college-educated millennials. But I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying I tried to be
0: a dishwasher, and I couldn't because the work was displaced. I mean, dishwasher, I wouldn't say is a job no one wants to do. You know, Donald Trump, uh, during his presidency, there was a raid on several meat processing plants in, I can't remember what's it, maybe Mississippi and Arkansas, maybe it's a couple states. And I think they deported about 700 people, and those jobs immediately got filled at a higher wage to American citizens. So there were several people who were interviewed. There was, you know, this one one dude said, they asked him, why are you coming to this job fair? And he goes, it pays better than McDonald's. And so these people came into these jobs, and then that opens up jobs in fast food for 16-year-olds who are entering the job market who need to work.
1: Um, should we abolish computers? Should we abolish the mobile phone? Should we abolish Wi-Fi? Should we abolish your website? Because I guarantee everything that I just said has displaced all sorts of people. Now, my answer to that would be that's called progress, because the world before that was a much more brutal, cruel world for people. Um, Look, we could abolish the, the tractor, the car, and the airplane right now, and we'd all have jobs. We would be desperately poor, but we would all have jobs. <laughs> That's and so true. this notion that people somehow drive away jobs ignores that where are jobs the scarcest right now? Are, are, they, are they just abundant in Flint because no one's going there? Or are they more abundant in San Jose where there are lots of people going? Well, uh, Las Vegas, there's lots of work. And it's lots of people moving from places where there's not. It's work. People don't drive away work. What drives away work is a lack of investment. And so what attracts investment? Talent. So where the talented people go, there's always going to be abundant jobs. And so I think it's a mistake to look at work as a finite supply. It's rarely that. I I would add, too,
0: I think one of the biggest problems we have in this country is cultural. A lot of the young people that I I, I reference – because you know, we hear from young people saying, I wish I could work, but I can't. You know The economy, the, the immigration. Well, it's also true a lot of these younger people are really entitled. And they're told by their yes. parents, you should be an astronaut instead mm-hmm. of a plumber. Plumber is an extremely important job. I got to say, astronauts are incredibly important in a certain sense that you know what Elon Musk is doing with SpaceX is going to advance human, human, human experience and human tex- technology in amazing ways. But I'll tell you this, a plumber is more ne- needed. Mm-hmm. We, we we you need a plumber day to day yeah day to day you need substantially more plumbers and electricians and carpenters than you need astronauts but mm-hmm. they're all they're, they're important it's just you know we got young people who are told why should i do a trade why should i do why should i figure out how to build something they want to be a rock star they want to be a youtuber
2: mm-hmm. well even like a successful youtuber needs to understand tech i mean you would not be successful if you didn't understand cameras microphones you know programming those are all these are trade trades being mm-hmm. able to work cameras that's a trade like a technology trade you know in the industry mm-hmm. it'd be like a in the union you know as a as a as a tech
0: i think i think you bring up a good point i i've i've, I've heard similar points made uh, particularly from libertarians and i think one of the big issues that i would agree with we need people to just work you don't need to work for someone else you can work mm-hmm. you can literally wake up in the morning and be like I found a piece of dirt on the ground, and I'm going to shape it into a little man and sell it to somebody. I agree. Value, sell the value. That
2: work is important, but I think the job economy is part of the Ponzi scheme of the Federal Reserve. Kind of their ethos is: I want everyone working. I want everyone to have a job. I want this guy to dig a hole, and then I want this guy to go fill the hole back up. And we'll pay them. Military. (laughs) Yeah, we'll pay them both with our money, so they'll keep borrowing our money at interest, so that they'll keep paying these people to be busy then they'll keep owing us interest and then as long as they're busy they're not going to realize that we're a parasite on the system that we're sucking this this interest off the top and we're headed towards automation where we don't need to dig the holes we're building machines to do that so as the age of automation dawns the job economy is going to is going to fade away and it all so, o- no, kind of has a but in
1: a beautiful way let's be clear that automation and robots are the greatest friend to the worker that the world has ever known and nothing else comes close. Let's not forget that when, when you were born 175 years ago in the rich U.S., your choices were binary in life. You'll either be a farmer or something else related to farming. What changed that? Tractor, backhoe, fertilizer... The biggest robotic job destroyers in the history of the world, did they put us into bread lines? No, they freed people to become astronauts, to create cars, to create computers, to become math teachers. Robots are going to take all that's awful out of work out of it all the drudgery out of it, and allow specialization on a level that's going to lift people that for hundreds of years we might have thought stupid, who suddenly get to do something that uniquely elevates their intelligence. Work is endless. It's the kind of work that is not endless in a dynamic society. And that's true. And the, the big problem we then face is cultural stagnation. People who want to be YouTubers
0: or bloggers for BuzzFeed, instead of people who want to explore and develop the new technology. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you, I read, I was reading about the, um, you know, ancient Rome and Greece, the Mediterranean, and how the great philosophers came about, and how math started to emerge, and it was because humans all of a sudden find themselves in this very beautiful climate. It's always warm. There's fruit. There's abundance, and so. They had a lot of free time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Some people laid about and were lazy and gluttonous and pretty bad, and others found something to occupy their time. I think one of the problems we have is that there's a lot of people, when they, when they enter this position where they lose their job, they complain to the government about it. What are you going to do? You have people on the left where they'll say something like, the government should just give me money. It's like, well, you're not doing anything anyway. I, I Sure, I guess. But then you have on the right people saying we should regulate the industries, maybe bring these companies back a lot of what Trump was doing. I actually would agree more with, you know, uh, creating incentives for companies to exist here. But outside of all of that, I think the big problem we have is absolutely cultural stagnation. Movies are just remakes, re- reboots, adaptations, take an old comic, make a new version of it. We need new things. We need people to be pioneers. We need people to say, I'm going to go move to the middle of nowhere in Wyoming and build a city. Just There's so much work to be done. You just got to do it. I guess the the main issue though is people want to be rich. You're not going to be rich being a guy who starts a new city. You know, you know you might be you might have purpose maybe and like yeah maybe like you were saying
2: a hundred years ago you we were all poor when we or two hundred years ago we we were all poor compared today you're rich like if you're sitting mm-hmm. in your house and you have the heater running and you have running water mm-hmm. that's clean and access to the internet you're rich mm-hmm. you don't need billions and trillions to be rich these days so you just you know as long as the the automation enables the technology to
1: be awesome you're rich you did it and it does you look ibm comes out with the first mainframe computer in the 1960s intensely slow filled a room larger than this if you wanted to own it, it was going to cost you well over a million dollars nowadays i have a supercomputer that fits in my pocket that i got for a few hundred dollars that is exponentially faster and more capable right here our, I can go on Amazon, to, I've, we've got Alexa at home, and I've got access to billions worth of music every single day for four ninety nine a month. We are billionaires in so many ways today because of the profit motive. And what's scary is to think in the future what we're going, you, you are producing a television show with three people here, <laughs> and then a guest like me. That, how many, however many years ago, how much would it have cost to produce this? And you're doing this from a house in rural Maryland. Yeah. Easily it's staggering grand. what's, what's being created at microscopic levels of cost. And so when people are pessimistic and when they tell you they can't get a job, no, 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 no. It's as Tim says, mm-hmm. no, you're not happy with the jobs available that you can get. It's kind of like there was, years ago I wrote an op ed. They, uh, Jennifer Aniston is unmarried. By choice, not because she couldn't get married. There are hundreds of millions of men who would give anything to be married to Jennifer Aniston. What's available, she doesn't think is worthy. What's available in the U.S. for workers is not living up to the standards That's to right. what you allude entitled kids. Well, so
0: this is, uh, th- there is a challenge here though. I often talk about how here in the U.S. we're all fairly rich, especially when you look at other countries and the, and the, you know, uh, per capita GDP. Yeah, the the average American working at McDonald's substantially wealthier than the middle class Brazilian. I think their their GDP a few years ago was like $8,000 a year. So even if you're working at McDonald's for only 40 hours a week, you're doing better. The issue is we have certain standards and costs of living. Rent might be a certain rate. So while there are some people who are, you know, you can point out we've got Alexa, we've got all this great technology. You can get anything you want basically shipped to your house. I got Japanese soda sent here. Japanese, dollars, uh-huh. it's crazy. Yeah, so it's a little marble and you slam it and then... <laughs> Japanese companies. It's great. And uh, it comes here to the middle of nowhere. However, we have access to a lot of these things, but rent is still really high. So you can't be, you know, uh, uh, you can't just go and work that easily. You know, I'll, I'll mention we need pioneers, right? Go and start a city, but you need some level of capital to do it. And if you lose your job because your factory goes to Mexico or China you can't pay your rent or your mortgage anymore. And if you decide, okay, well, then I'll just flip burgers, you still can't just pay your mortgage anymore. It's, you're not going to be able to afford rent. So there's work to be done, but an individual can't just snap their fingers and decide to start working on something and cover their costs.
1: That That's fair enough, but let's also remember, we descend from people who crossed oceans to get here where there were no roads, no buses, no airplanes, no cars. I don't, I'm not terribly sympathetic to people in modern times who say, well, the factory left. Well, if it left, get on the bus and go somewhere else. Because there is Middletown, Ohio, that's where, that's what Hillbilly Elegy was written about. Well, I checked on the internet, the, the, uh, it costs basically a ga- gallon of gasoline to get from Middletown to booming Columbus, Ohio. In the United States, wherever you are, if it's poor and depressed, Prosperity is not very far away. Now, I get your point about rent, but compared to what other people were up against in the past, these are small problems that can be solved and have been solved forever. Uh, all of us have 917 numbers. We're fairly familiar with people who've got nothing going to New York because they've got dreams and they feel, view that as the place to test their dreams. That's what I did. Yeah. I went to LA most and expen- New York. Most, ex- two most expensive cities in the world, basically. People figure it out. I, 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 this is that's not a heartless statement. I'm saying to the rest of the world, we are envied. Wow, yeah. Th- you get to move within the freest trade zone in the zone of opportunity in the world. If your skills aren't valued in Los Angeles, you can go to Phoenix. You can go to Las Vegas. You, can, you know where think about the rest of the world. If you went to the Congo right now, and you just decided to drive across the country, you'd be killed before you got to the other side. Yep. Was, may, it's, a, it's a it's a good point about
0: work and being a pioneer. You mentioned not being able to pay rent or a four-year mortgage is nothing compared to what we used to do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like your, your, your Jennifer Aniston, Aniston argument is great. Everyone right now is so accustomed to modern wealth that they couldn't imagine not having it. There was a period where if you were a dad, you were literally like, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a mud hut for my family otherwise we die. Mm-hmm. And you had to do it. There was no, where's my house? Where's my plumbing? No, it's quite literally dig a hole and take a dump in it. That was the standard people lived in. Now I don't want people to live by that standard. I want them to, to to do well, but perhaps if things are falling apart and the system can't support you getting this job, then we revert back to maybe taking a step down. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you're like, no, I was getting this salary. I demand that something. Well, maybe I take a lower salary and do something else.
2: Or, mm-hmm. or we could, I don't know, cut back on the rent and, and the cost of rent, and this how subsidize it with like basic income or something. This is just the first thing that came to my mind. But like I remember, where does that money come from? The- The Federal Reserve, so so obviously deficit deficit spending, yeah, basically hyperinflation, and then yeah, maybe um or cryptocurrency or something. Well, how about we just not Um, have a plan, or we just cut down the cost of goods, not have a central plan?
1: Yeah, you know, again, I I keep going back to the phone. Why is it that I have this supercomputer that I was able to get for next to nothing? I, I don't know why but someone produced it for me. I think the mis- look at the, what is expensive in our lives and invariably there's a government role, a government hand. We've got a housing plan. We've got a healthcare plan. And they're really expensive. Yes, <laughs> and they're expensive. You look where there are not central plans and entrepreneurs keep coming up with new ways to meet the needs of the people. And so I think the mistake is, let's stop burdening ourselves with, well, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. But I know that where there's freedom, people keep producing for the needs of the people with the least. What is certainly true is that what the rich enjoy in a free society is always and everywhere a preview of what we'll all enjoy if markets are free. Again, we have supercomputers in our pockets. I guarantee within the next 10 years, private flight is going to be common for typical middle-class people. And by and within 20 years, poor people will be flying on private jets, bank I, on it. maybe. Maybe, but this Green New Deal stuff, this, this Great Reset stuff,
0: they're trying to, you know, make rules for thee but not for me. If the authoritarianism kicks in, it'd be the opposite. Of course! Right. You're, you're saying the free market means we all get private planes, but they're going the other direction.
1: The, they would like to, but they're not. The free market is way too fast for these guys, and so I, I prefer to be optimistic. And I think history vindicates that that uh, we're going to we're going to outrun the planners. I think you might be right. I hope so. You're and- outrunning the planners. Look at this. Yeah. You're about to start. You're you're outrunning them right now. you yeah, but you're talking about a sitcom. Do you realize how difficult it used to be, how expensive it used to be, the barriers to entry to making a TV show? And yet you are talking about it from right here.
0: But the problem we face is that there are very powerful interests, authoritarian interests, that want us removed from the Internet,
1: and they have influence, and they they try to do it every single day. Always, always. Phil Knight spent the first 18 years of Nike's existence thinking this will be the last – tomorrow will be the last day of Nike. (sighs) Think back to Jeff Bezos of Amazon. It's easy to look at the the multi, the multi 100-billionaire, 200-billionaire today, but think back to the Amazon.org days. Do you remember what a joke he was? Do you remember <laughs> how you were laughed at? Oh, Amazon. Oh, please, they can't make a profit. Yeah. They peddle books, and they do it so very unprofitably. There are always people in the present trying to push down the future. I'm talking to three futurists right here. You're talking about things I've never heard of. And that should make you confident. Did you know that
0: you can commission a private
1: plane for only a couple hundred bucks? I didn't, but it speaks to my argument. That's what I've been predicting for quite. And and who needs the Fed? I made the argument that private flight will soon enough become a common good. It's actually a really
0: obvious. It's it's actually really obvious that this thing exists. Basically, people own private planes. Sitting around costs them money, wasting Mm -hmm. time. So what they do is they'll be like six to 12 seats on a small plane and you pay for one of those seats. Mm-hmm. It's literally how f- commercial flight works. But now you have a small private plane with drinks. It's only you and a few other people. It's much more comfortable and it's easier and faster. You, you go to the airport through the private, you know, a private smaller airport. Mm-hmm. You're flying on one of these corporate private jets with typically the same amount of people that would fly on a corporate flight anyway. Mm-hmm. They're going to have you know, six to 12 people anyway. And it's only going to cost you, you know, several hundred dollars. Now, it might be some of these flights I looked at depending on how far they go, they're m- much more than a commercial flight because mm-hmm. obviously you want that private experience with no other people bothering bothering you, no security checkpoints under that wasted time. Well, you're paying a premium for a reason, so I've seen some flights that are like double the cost of a commercial flight, but the cost has gone way down for the average person mm-hmm. to the point where you could actually afford it if you wanted it to if you wanted to nah, i I always tell people this, even if you could afford it, it doesn't mean you should want to afford it. Like if I fly, I'm not going to waste money. You know, I' not interested in spending ten thousand dollars on a first class seat. That's insane to me. But some <laughs> people do it. I guess if you're worth fifty million dollars, you you'd you do it. But I, but I agree with you. I think if this keeps happening, we're going to get flight of. You know, we're, we're going to get the, the Uber of planes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. where you're you're, you're going to say like your your flight is at three p.m. Go to this small airport in this small area, and there's going to be a small little private jet. No security, no checkpoints, no TSA. Because they know you, they've screened you through the app. You walk right up, walk right into the plane, and they're on the runway, and they take off, and it'll be that easy. They'll send a yeah. helicopter to your house to pick you up. Mm. This yeah. and this, are, do you know how much it costs to uh, like charter a helicopter in New York? It's only a couple hundred bucks, mm-hmm. depending. So the, the, it's it's getting to the point where you assume someone's super rich because they're on a helicopter. It's like actually. I know the average person's not spending a couple hundred bucks for a helicopter, Mm -hmm. but you think this guy's Rockefeller with the helicopter. It might be some middle class
2: dude who works at BuzzFeed who's like, I need, I need to make this quick trip on this helicopter upstate. A Mm -hmm. couple hundred bucks. And we're still in the age of combustion. I mean, we're, we're kind of at the tail end of it, but once, you know, we enhance our battery power, our energy source, like a fusion battery or something, or a nuclear battery, or even solar, if, you know, obviously, then (laughs) like they have solar airplanes. The dude circumnavigated the globe in the first solar airplane. I think it took him like, 28 days or 18 days or something we
0: got to make our batteries better
2: yeah Yeah, the carbon twistronic uh you know graphene are you familiar with the the material (laughs) it's monolayer atomic carbon and they figured out by stripping scotch tape off of graphite they found this layer of carbon that's like amazingly electrically conductive and they're doing all these experiments with it they won a nobel prize if you twist it 1.1 degrees two layers of it creates a superconductor i mean we're about to enter the age of graphene it's going to make steel obsolete more Mm -hmm. or less it's lighter than steel but stronger
0: once production ramps up. Yeah, 2029, so, I
2: think, is when you are going to hit
0: start to hit peak graphene. So this mm-hmm. is one of the problems, I think. I think it's cultural. I think it's absolutely cultural. You, they, there's this poll that goes around the study where they asked young people, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you, believe it or not, some of these kids, well, first of all, in, in China, you know, they said astronauts.
2: Huh. What
0: do you want to be when you grow up as astronauts? <laughs> when they asked these American kids and kids in the U.K., what do you want to be? These poor kids, they wanted the stupidest job on the planet YouTuber. Do no. you believe someone being dumb enough to make a career out of being on YouTube? Cannot. That's uh, Chris, uh, man, the Canadian Colonel. I'm, I'm, I'm only half
2: kidding. <laughs> <it>. Who's <laughs> the astronaut, Chris, um, the Canadian Colonel? Yeah, he was making YouTube videos. Yeah, he's a YouTuber yeah. and an astronaut. No, I'm, no, I'm
0: kidding. You, you, YouTube's a legit job, but I'm not being an influencer is more so what they said. Don't like, you see how what progress that represents, though? It to an extent, but beautiful. What it needs to be is influencer or YouTuber comes second, right? So I am I got on YouTube because I started as a journalist at, at at some of these companies. I was doing technology stuff. I was building drones. Then I started live streaming. Then I started working for Vice, then Fusion. From journalism, I'm like, this is an excellent medium to bring political commentary, news, and and reporting for – you mentioned the astronaut. He's an astronaut first. He's an influencer second. Mm-hmm. So these kids shouldn't want to be famous for the sake of being famous. They should strive to be something that develops culture and builds on culture – but a lot of them just want to be famous. Yeah,
2: I noticed this mm-hmm. firsthand. I was a YouTuber in 2006, six, seven, And be, the reason it was exciting to watch is because I was also an actor in Los Angeles. And so the YouTube was like a portal into my main life. As soon as I stopped doing that and didn't have a main life and all I was doing was re- relying on the videos, it became much less interesting. People stopped watching. And it's only when you're doing – I fully agree with what you're saying. Being an internet, YouTube, whatever, this is all supplement to what you're – really doing with your life. And you can allow people to see it and become a part of it. Inspire people to do more as well.
0: So that's why I'm really adamant about making cultural stuff. So we're going to be filming a a vlog with this uh, BMX guy on Sunday who people mentioned in the Super Chat. He hit me up and I was like, dude, yes, we got a skate park here. Let's get someone on a BMX to do some crazy cool tricks. And we're going to start making more and more stuff to inspire people to do other stuff. The YouTube stuff is fantastic because then people can see what you're doing, be inspired by it. So to wrap this all back up into a nice little package, we've got people who are worried about losing their jobs. What we need is people who are going to start their own job instead of getting a job from somebody else. Too many young people, and going back to what I mentioned about young people saying, well, I can't find work, make work. What did I say I did? I went and played guitar in the subway. I -hmm. didn't sit there and say the government should give me money. Actually, I did receive unemployment when I got fired. Don't don't get me wrong. I like that idea. But uh, I said, well, I can't get a job. I can sit around and starve to death, or I can take my small little fiberglass, it's a stratacoustic fi- I don't even, I don't know if they make them anymore. And I was like, I'll go play some top 40s that I like singing in the subway in Chicago. Unfortunately, you need a permit to do it, so I had to go to- <laughs> I had to go to the- was it, the Tompkins Center? I can't remember which. The, the Daily Center. I had to go to the Daily Center, fill out some form, and they gave me this laminate that said like, okay, this person's allowed to play music in a subway. And then I would play, uh, like Oasis and CCR. And I was just having- a, I was having fun. I would just put my, 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 my gig bag out. And I would just start playing the guitar and singing and having fun with it because I like playing guitar and singing. And I would make, I would make like 15 bucks an hour. And then I, I met, I met someone who was like, you know where you make the real money? Wrigley Field. Go play outside of Wrigley. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you'll make money. Great you, know area. Much, you know how much I started making outside of Wrigley when I was playing guitar? 60 bucks an hour. 100 yeah. bucks an hour. You know why? You wait until the game is over. You start playing some top 40s and these drunk guys yep. come out. And they're like, they're all singing with each other and like rocking back and forth and they're just showering you with money all drunk and happy. Yeah, and I'm like, buddies. this is great.
1: <laughs> I found
0: my own work, you know? Now ultimately it wasn't enough to like, it's, it's not so easy to play eight hours a day and, and it's not necessarily marketable. But for a young guy in my twenties, I didn't sit around saying someone should give me money or why won't someone hire me? I said, I'm going to find a way to make money. And so part of my philosophy has always been the simplest way to think about economics. And jobs and resources is there's Ian. He's sitting across from me. He's holding a green piece of paper. I need to convince him to give me that green piece of paper huh. without violence, without threats, following basic laws and rules. Be persuasive, provide something of value to Ian. So, hey man, I made this, you know, this little doll of you. Would you like to buy it? Yeah. Ian says, here, I'll give you my green what? paper. All, that's all you're really doing. You've got a universal trade medium. Can you convince someone to exchange that with you for something you can offer?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you make me think about the rent thing because I, when I was in L.A., New York, and, and Chicago, I was so stressed. all Every month, every month, I worked at, as a waiter. I made 700 bucks a week. I was so stressed every month to pay my rent. It was like the last week of every month, I was just like, it, like this gut this pain in my gut can i afford my bills this month and it was distracting it was taking up my glucose it was wasting my time and my energy and eventually i decided i'm going to live in my car and i had no shower i would wash my hands with rainwater but the stress was gone i had that for the first time in my life i didn't worry about can i survive this month and also i was brainwashed like if i can't pay my rent my life is over but i would have lost access to my my house and my my shower that stress is insane. This is crazy. Mm.
0: It's crazy to me that, you know, our, our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, the struggles they went through to have a family, the the things they did not have, no guarantees, just hardship. And today, it's it, it's, it's harder than it was. Maybe today it's harder than it was, you know, 2015 or so years ago. We had this great economic boom under Clinton. I was a little kid, so I don't really know a whole lot about mm. how that went for most people, but I've heard about it, you know, on TV. And uh, I guess then you get the, the 2008 crisis. Now you get the pandemic crisis and the lockdowns and people all, all of a sudden having their, you know, their chairs pulled out from behind them and they're hitting the ground. It's a shock
1: to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, to, getting back to Ian, rent was this constant source of, of angst. And I think that's true for a lot of Americans. But think about I'm not saying your apartment in L.A. was a palace. But my guess is relative to most parts of history, it, was a, it was a palace in terms of the amenities. And so one way to look at it is, yeah, we're worried about rent on spaces that in the past people would say, are you kidding me? Uh You are living in a way that Rockefellers realistically could not live. Let's not forget that. The first air conditioner was created for a Minneapolis Air in the nineteen thirties. These were window units, massive, not even window units weren't even ready. These cost anywhere from ten to 50000 $50, dollars in Ooh. the nineteen thirties. Now if you see a window unit, it's in poor parts of town. Again, what the rich enjoy is always an everywhere a preview of what everyone will enjoy but in a, a freedom. So not by rent,
0: thir- not by nineteen thirties dollars though, right? You're saying by today's dollars?
1: Oh, no, no, no. 1930s dollars. If you wanted to buy, it was a $10,000 to fifty. dollars That's, that's
0: like the equivalent of like millions of Precisely. dollars.
1: Precisely. That's why Jeez. it was a Minneapolis heir. Wow. Who was buying the first air conditioner. Like and an so, heir to a fortune? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? So like you're this rich guy and you're like, check this out.
0: It's 69 degrees in my penthouse. Ooh, wow. mm-hmm. <laughs> People would be like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I don't gotta, you're not know, going to rip off all my sweat rags. It'd be like
2: if we walked in and they're like, all your, All, it's all wireless power in here. There are no wires. Everyone can charge everything. everything. Your phone is
0: charging as soon as you walk in the room.
2: Amazing.
0: That's like, you'd be like, man, that's crazy. I would pay a couple million for (laughs) that to be the first,
2: especially if you're a YouTuber, you can show the world. Well, you know,
0: you know, there's a statue to the
1: guy who invented air conditioning in Miami. Oh, is that, so Carrier is the most, is it Willis Carrier? That's, yeah. I'm a, i I got to be honest. But there should be because it built the South. Mm-hmm. I I, I got
0: to be honest. It is. It's. It's. People told me this, and I'm pretty sure it's true. But
2: I've heard when that. I when I
0: heard that because I lived in Miami for a little bit, I was like, get out! Of here, I don't believe you. And they're like, the the, the stat is a statue of the guy who invented air conditioning because you could not live here yeah. without air conditioning. People don't get mm-hmm. that now. It's it's remarkable. Every building, everywhere you go in Miami, mm-hmm. you can see all of the condensation on the windows because everyone's inside in the summer. Or they're at the beach. Miami beach is pretty awesome. But they're inside for the most part with the air conditioning on blast.
1: You know how they say that? Think about what that means. Because in India right now, one, ten percent, and that's a high number of New Delhi is air conditioned. Families are physically ill because it's so hot and they don't, and you don't sleep. And so, think about what it means that so much of America is air conditioned. Well, to, to be fair, London isn't very air conditioned either. Europe, no, not. Yeah. I don't know what their deal is.
0: Yeah. Hate going
1: there. Well, well get that hot. In America, we have air conditioning. <laughs> That's right. I'm,
0: I'm, we <laughs> are,
1: we're a different
2: people. A yeah. lot of people use kerosene as well in like African countries and things to, uh, for light because they don't have electric light. Well, they got
0: gravity lights now. You ever Yes,
2: those? yes. I bought one of those. I love those. Those are cool. We should get one. We yeah. should get it in here. Okay. You, you ever
0: see a gravity light? No. It's a, a, a high ratio gear system and you lift a rock up on a, on a, on a rope or a string and then over time the rocks weight pulls the the gears which spins <laughs> powering the so light cool. and then once
2: it. it goes all the way to the bottom you just zoop, right back like up 60 bucks for yeah those. yeah super so cool. cool but kerosene will kill people there a lot of death from kerosene inhalation wow. mm. so we're, we're what i wonder is are we have we caused a population boom that is untenable like the white-tailed deer they say you need to hunt white-tailed deer because they'll eat so much they'll grow out of control and then they'll destroy the ecosystem like if we have air conditioning and unlimited oh. water and food, are we just going to overproduce and then become eat ourselves to death? Is that o- like, okay, no. Thanos <laughs> Like, right, uh, Thanos. is
1: part of starvation, part of keeping the human population well, level. So what's the statistic? If you took the whole world's population right now and jammed them all into Texas, Texas would look like San Francisco. If you added Oklahoma to it, it would be the equivalent of putting four people per house with a yard and a house We haven't come close to scratching The surface of the United States Not, not only that, I mean Elon Musk is trying to go to Mars
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Not that I think Mars life is going to be a, I don't think people are going to have cities on Mars Maybe maybe we will, but there will be biodomes Essentially, it will be enclosed And, and you know, we'll have to build inside structures To maintain the, the atmospheres and things like that Maybe, but I think One thing people often overlook is that Technology solves a lot of the problems mm-hmm. of our day so uh, are you familiar with the Great Poop Crisis, the, the manure crisis of New York City? No. Uh, I could be wrong about this, so you guys can fact check me. I want to make sure. But uh, I was reading about how the turn of the century, 1800s, 1900s in in New York, they were like, the manure crisis will destroy New York City because the horses are pooping everywhere oh, yeah. and the population density is so large. They were like, we predicted in 30 years there will be piles of manure <laughs> on every street corner and and then the car got invented. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the horses were gone. Kind uh, of carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Now the carbon emissions are happening, and this is what people say: we need to invent the next iteration of transport that solves for that problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you got Tesla on the rise. Oh, it's yeah. not perfect because electricity still generates, you know, carbon in other areas. But you know, hydrogen cells or maybe some kind of uh, solid-state battery technology There's could greatly so improve this. Maybe better. Uh, m- maybe we we eventually implement enough renewables in certain areas for charging certain vehicles we if we we could offset a lot of our carbon emissions with renewables but right now we don't have the technology to just end mm. carbon you know fossil fuel technology one of the problems we have with, with the left is they're saying get rid of all fossil fuels outright right now we can't do that but we can use nuclear wind solar geothermal tidal hydro dam stuff for certain Certain bits that we yeah. could offset, and then we still have fossil fuels for the long-term stuff for the winter stuff. And we can
2: reuse carbon emissions too, <clears throat> almost immediately. It coming out of the smokestack, you can recapture it, and then they could
0: turn it into graphene. Yeah, you can yeah, condense let's, it. Let's
1: never forget that oil existed on this earth for obviously millennia, and no one knew that it had a capability. And so, to Ian's point about that graphene. We haven't scratched the surface of discovering the different ways that the world around us can power us, can can cure cancer, all sorts of things. I, and so technology is going to fix this and you're you know, the idea that the gas-powered car is the frontier of transportation ignores history. Let's not forget in the, in the 19th century, whale oil was the fifth largest industry <laughs> in the United yeah. States. things change so a dynamic economy like ours to presume that gasoline-powered cars are the frontier no no, no no. We just have to overcome the authoritarians. These, yes. these
0: these these central planners, these command economists, these are the people saying we should ban airplanes because it's bad for the for the planet. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we had all these horses pooping everywhere and they're like, ban travel. Don't let people have horses mm-hmm. because we're worried about what the horse manure will look like in 30 years. We're like, let us invent. Mm-hmm. Let humans invent. It, it's fascinating to me. that You know that, you know that, that old quote from the uh, head of the patent office where he's like, everything that can be invented has been invented <sighs> mm-hmm. in like 1899 or something? You've heard uh-huh. that before? Yeah. It's insane. We didn't even discover the electromagnetic spectrum at that point. Now it's like, man, if this guy even understood the, 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 the electromagnetic spectrum as well as petrochemicals, man, plastics didn't exist. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now they used to have shotgun shells used to be big, thick brass cartridges. Now it's just plastic. They still use brass a little bit, but uh, it's, it's plastics replaced a lot of things. The funny thing now is they're all screaming, oh, but plastics are destroying the planet. Well, now a couple things have happened. There's been developments in fungi and bacteria that can do, that can break down plastics and turn it into sugar. And we've also seen natural emergence of bacteria that eats plastic. Mm-hmm. Why? Because evolution. Life finds a way. I think there's a lot of pessimists who think the world is going to blow up and just like we're all going to die and we're doomed. And these people scare me because the the look. It's one thing, in my opinion, to talk about the political conflict with these people. That's what I'm scared of. I'm not scared of the apocalypse because I think humans are smart. I think humans invent and every problem we've seen over the past, humans have done a really good job of adapting to it and developing technologies to avert certain things. However, the big problem is the lunatic ideologue authoritarians who don't want that and instead say, we must have my command central planning or effectively, you know, fascism or communism. Then they tell people what they can or can't do, and then what happens? Chernobyl blows up, and you get the elephant's foot, and people are dying, and there's radioactive carbon particles all over the air, and everyone's freaking out. The command economists cause lots of problems.
2: I heard a conspiracy theory that the CIA was involved with blowing up Chernobyl.
1: <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I do hear anything about They're that? not Quite smart theory. enough, trust
2: me. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's no way that was an accident. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you think is like the short-term and then medium to long-term— What's your medium long term plan as well as short term plan? For me, yeah, a... just to evolve the
1: economy and bring us to a sustainable. Oh, I think he's the not plan guy. I, I, I'm I'm the not plan guy, and but for all the reasons that you all are talking about, we keep discovering things, and so I want to limit government and expand freedom simply because the resources we create in the economy today are going to lead to such discoveries of new things you know politicians are constrained by the known that's why I think it's so dead they say we're going to bring back jobs oh, bringing back jobs is the single worst way to build grow an economy it destroys it you bring back the past you push away the investment you push away the talent. No offense, everyone out there. Pe- the most talented people don't want to work in factories. So if you promise to bring back factories, you pre- repel the talent that well, attracts Well there, there are a lot of people who want to work in
0: factories and have experience working in it. I mean, so one of the things I've often talked about with a bunch of my little lefty friends. Listen, if there's a guy who spent 30 years as a postmaster, you know, he's he's in his maybe 60 years old now. He's had this job for a long time. You're, he's not going to go learn to code. He's not going to learn to build a solar panel. What's that person supposed to do? Now, I understand there's, there's a challenge. A lot of the left likes to bring up, you would, you, you, know, you would destroy the car industry to save big horse. Like, that's their joke. And I'm like, well, I don't want to stifle progress, but what do we do about those who have lost jobs due to, prog- due to technological advancement through no fault of their own? I don't think it's fair to just say you lose your livelihood, you're out, have a nice day. You know, what's that person going to do?
1: It's a great question, but show me the places in the U.S. where jobs are destroyed most rapidly. I will also show you the places where jobs are created most rapidly. People talk about Silicon Valley as tech and coder jobs, but the reality is that's where the job creation is fastest for personal trainers, for chefs, for baristas, every for doctors, lawyers. And I'm, I'm, so I'm but talking. It's because those services, yeah, need yeah supplemental so services. Where there's talent, there's never a problem of job creation. But you show me the places where they're trying to freeze the present in place. I'll show you very difficult times getting hmm. jobs. Let's never forget that Aliquippa, PA, used to be where immigrants came to get jobs. It was the steel industry factories. Now, what did those parents say? Tony Dorsett's father, Mike Ditka's father, all these famous things. They said, you get out of town. There's there's a book about this, about this guy, Frank Morocco. He got a scholarship to North Carolina State, and he comes back. He got homesick at North Carolina State, and he comes back, and his six brothers who all worked in the mills in Alquippa, were waiting from the airport, and they said, get back on that GD plane and don't come back. As in, we live this. This is awful. You have an opportunity to get out of Alquippa. Closing steel mills did not destroy Alquipa. What destroyed it was that the talent left. And the talent left is the parents said, get out of here. Well, what about, uh, let's talk about Michigan,
0: right? The, the auto plants, uh, they move they move overseas, they, they, they move to Mexico or send some of their work to, uh, to China. And then all of a sudden there's no cash flow coming into these places. And so these supplemental jobs like lawyers, doctors, chefs, personal trainers don't have income anymore and they're forced to leave then you end up getting brain drain in these areas. If we incentivized or provided, uh, you know, tax incentive or resources to factories, to auto work, uh, auto companies to start factories there, we could revitalize this and help Americans in Michigan.
1: I don't think so, and I think you know why. Uh, in the 1920s, In 1930s, guess where the most factories were in the United States? The biggest manufacturing economies in the United States, the four cities. New York was number one. Imagine that. Flint and Detroit were two and three. Los Angeles was four. If the departure of factories destroyed cities, New York and Los Angeles would be desperate monuments to the past. No, what destroys cities is the departure of human capital. And human capital goes to the future. It does not go to the past. And so to subsidize keeping what the rest of the world wants and what the rest of the world will do exponentially cheaper for you is the path toward economic decline. So what then do you do when, let's say, uh, you know,
0: factories did leave Michigan, right? Yeah. So then left everywhere. What, what, what do you think was the reason
1: people started leaving Michigan? They didn't, the talented people did not want factory jobs. They did not want the past. And so when you drive away the talented, you drive away jobs across the board. But what what drove away the talented? What were they doing? Were they there in the first place? I mean, it was was, was, was unquestionably. Let's not forget that Michigan used to be Silicon Valley. Detroit used to be Silicon Valley. And why was it? It was because just about every business founded in Detroit failed. In Silicon Valley today, just about every startup out there dies. Nine out of ten. It's a monument to failure. But that's the source of its success. They don't, they don't live in the past. There are no sacred cows. What fails is liquidated. So in Detroit, they started bailing out the past. And in doing that, they created sclerosis. So what if, what if they said new startup companies will get a tax break? I think it's a mistake and I think you know why that's a mistake. Look, I'm all for for low taxes. New startups don't make any money to be taxed in the first place. That's a good point. And how, so, well, so how do you get the smart people back to a place like Michigan? It, it's hard to say because let's let's look at another obvious American example. Seattle in the 1970s was Detroit. Remember that it's not it's a true story that there was a sign up where the last person to leave Seattle turn out the lights. It was a dying city. Well, Bill Gates happened to grow up there, so did Paul Allen. They were—they started Micro-Soft in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but they had an affinity for Seattle. They came back, and in coming back, they transformed a city. Who knows why, but they chose it, and then Jeff Bezos, these different people come out there. Talent, very few, the vital few revive cities. Government cannot do it, and so to me, the only answer is to say, the last thing you'd want to do as a Buffalo, New York is high, have a high tax rate. It's going to make it less likely. I'll tell you this. New Jersey drove us out. Huh. We, were in the, we were in the Philly
0: area, just on the other side of the river in New Jersey, and the, the authoritarianism and mismanagement and high taxes, it was very clear to me, you do not want to be here. And even now, Maryland is 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 pretty awful as well. Mm-hmm. And so, as we're looking to expand and and we're looking at how we're going to actually have a structure, a, a corporate structure that exists beyond just this one show. Yeah, I mean, these states are really good at driving away talent. We were to be, um, to be somewhat humble, I suppose. We were
2: looking at building a city a couple of years ago. Me and Tim were like, "Yeah, well, let's do it." We're sitting <laughs> in the cafe, and you're like, "Yeah, let's buy this buy well, this small town in Pennsylvania and we'll start it." And I was visualizing like. Me, you, and like six other people, and the firemen, and like the sheriff. But now I'm starting to think if we build it up around a university, or like a late where we build graphing or like a, a campus You're or not something. Not going anywhere near a university. Well, if we build a, <laughs> if we build a learning facility that'll give people a reason to go there other than the cult worship of like I hope I see Tim Pool walking around town like a <laughs> real reason to build some some tech. We could build like even if it's like five thousand people. Like that's all cities started from nothing. It right. started with a few people. Well, so, so what we were looking at when
0: we were talking about this was that what we do is internet based. So we, the, what we do need is proximity to an airport so that we could bring guests on the show. Cause if we're four hours up in the middle of the woods in this, you know, small hovel, how are we going to get guests out there? It's not going to be easy to do. So that, you know, puts a, that kind of stifles things. But the, the general idea is if we can produce content online that's inspiring people, we don't need to be in LA, New York, Chicago or any of these big cities. We can literally be in the middle of nowhere in the wildlands or whatever of Pennsylvania, and people are going to want to be there. And we're going to be able to connect with people. Might be a lot cheaper in terms of land, a little bit more expensive in terms of importing resources. But then we can actually start growing something and building something. It wasn't so much about creating a city. It was about revitalizing a town that lost its, its economy mm-hmm. for, for one reason or another. So a lot of these towns I was looking at, they used to be booming because of the railroads the railroads had to go through there and stop and make various stops and resupply and this created peripheral enterprise restaurants imported goods fuel the train would stop we need this that and this we there you go now that we have truckers freight they don't stop anymore a lot of these not a lot of these small towns are just drying up disappearing so that was one of the one of the ideas maybe we could you know help bring back life to one of these small towns ultimately Man, eh, we just decided to go to the middle of nowhere for the most part and uh, close enough to DC to where people could easily get here. What, mm-hmm. what
2: concerns me about the town thing is the centralization of it because I'm kind of with you guys. I'm not really into centralization. I see the, the danger of it and the, um, you know, the, the flaws in it, the holes in it. it. It makes it, you become vulnerable when you centralize your plan because people know where it is and they can attack it if they want. Um, but also there's a value to community and being around other humans physically. Like, you're here. It's way different than if you were on Skype. No question. So what do you think is the balance of centralizing city planning or cities in, in the future? I see, like, magnetic trains taking us from small community to small community. Um, why aren't
0: we building maglev trains? I would love to do
2: that. Why, why,
0: why is it that Tucker Carlson points out, and, and Bill Maher, this is amazing, Bill Maher and Tucker Carlson point out nearly the exact same time, within a few days of each other, that China's got 40,000 kilometers of high-speed
1: rail. We can't do it. Why can't we do it? Is it possible we could do it, but we're not going to waste the kind of money? Again, implicit in what the state builds is that politicians have some hotline of the future. I reject the notion. Oh, the opposite. Precisely. And so who cares that China's got that? Guess what? Go to China. You know what they worship is they worship everything American. Any city in China you go to, there's McDonald's, KFC, Apple Store, Nike Store what we do in the united states is venerated there so i i i, I think china's rise is amazing but to pretend that what the state did somehow d- diminishes what happens here, I think speaks to a lack of understanding on the part of both Tucker Carlson and Bill Maher about what grows a, a society and an economy.
0: Look, the problem with China is the authoritarian communist party that has its tendrils and everything. And there's, there's a big difference between like a regular person really liking McDonald's and American Enterprise and then the creepiness of the authoritarian state, you know, controlling everything.
1: It, no, no question. But even there people worry about that well if the if the state is that authoritarian if it's got its hand so much in business that's a problem for us because it means china is not going to grow as much as we thought because the more china grows the more that we grow uh it's the division of labor that's always built up countries and so i i think people mistake the threat of china but i also think it's certainly true that when you look at look at china in a broad sense um if they're going in the direction that people say they are it's not going to be a threat but my understanding from it is is that the chinese the typical chinese person on the ground doesn't experience the state a whole lot but sure why wouldn't china be a threat though if they grow because if they're growing economically it means they're meeting our needs which means that we get to specialize even more which means we get to grow even more uh, never is it true that a country growing economically hurts others around them. Uh, but almost by definition, they help us expand because they do work that's not in our self-interest to do. They make t-shirts, so- socks, and shoes, and that frees us up to create the most valuable companies in the world. So then I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll, I'll reference a good old Timcast IRL cliche.
0: Are you familiar with Thucydides Trap? No. It's a it's this concept that whenever a rising economic power is about to displace, the dominant economic power war erupts. And there's been for at least a decade now fear that that's going to happen between the U.S. and China, particularly with the constant cyber warfare that's been going on for some time. Then you've got the the strike strike the Chinese strike groups going through the the, the Strait the Strait of Taiwan, I believe it's called, and their claims to the South China Sea, the sinking of Vietnamese boats, the expanding of the military into the South China Sea into the, into the atolls, and recently we had uh, an elephant walk in Guam, and the 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 I, I think um, the U.S. retreated our our military forces and brought them back to the U.S. There was a fear that China could have wiped out our entire you know that that entire force, so. There's real concerns that with China taking Hong Kong, right now they're doing beaching drills, which people assume is is mostly about seizing Taiwan, that if the U.S. can't maintain that control, China's economic growth will eventually displace the U.S., and they're, they're on track for 2028, I believe, right now, and then
1: war. Well, if they go to war with us, it would destroy their economy. Now, it may be that they don't care about that, but and then if we say that their economy will displace ours... No, it would be potentially bigger in, in a backwards number like GDP terms. But China is a desperately poor country relative to us. They'll still be exponentially poorer than we are in 2020. Their per capita income right now is, what, 4000 a year. And Aliquippa, PA, that poor, depressed American city, it's over 20000 So it's still a very poor country. Uh, but again, if they grow richer, they will grow richer because the U.S. becomes quite a bit richer but but isn't
0: isn't that per capita gdp just based on the fact that the authoritarian government is authoritarian i mean they've got more millionaires in china for i mean for an obvious reason as well they got substantially more people when
1: has the state ever been able to build an economy like that we know authoritarianism from the 20th century we know what it looked like it smelled intensely it was lines for shoes that didn't fit and that you didn't want what did pj o'rourke always say that bulgarian blue jeans ended the cold war China is not authoritarian in the way that it, what the communist world was in the 20th century, where the people were desperately hungry, deprived, miserable. To go to China is to go to a very modern place. Again, I'm not defending every aspect of uh, about it, but I think it's a mistake to say that they're authoritarian in the way that the former Soviet Union was or that Cuba is today or that North Korea is.
0: I mean, in, in what sense, though? They, have, they currently
1: have concentration camps they would argue that we do too that doesn't that this is not me bash I, I love the united states the chinese always wonder Well, the u.s treated indians in a certain way they treated black people in a certain way uh why is it that we're criticized for 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 certain things that we do again i'm not defending because they're out. doing them now like guantanamo and, be, and, and because they have nuclear weapons
0: and because they're growing at such a rate that If there is right now a country that currently thinks it's okay to engage in the formation of concentration camps and ethnic genocide, and there's another country, the United States, the dominant superpower, which doesn't agree with that, and that's inherently better than the other, why would we let a country that supports genocide and concentration camps
1: take over the global economy and challenge our authority? They can't, a country can't take over a global economy. It's it's people within it. The U.S. is the biggest economy, most prosperous economy in the world, but if you went to, again, Burkittsville, Maryland, would you think that? I mean, there are parts of the, yeah. the, the U.S. that are very rich. There are parts yeah. of the U.S. that are desperately poor. Uh, same with China. It's not a country thing. So, but if China, the more China grows rich, by definition, its wealth redounds to us because If they're not, by virtue of getting rich, that means that they're improving our lives by selling us things that we need, which allows us to specialize.
0: Or they're gaining influence over our country's leaders who then pass laws favorable to China, which suppress our rights. Case in point, when Hong Kong was being essentially taken over by China, you couldn't buy a custom jersey from the NBA that said Free Hong Kong. They banned it. People like Mark Cuban and Steve Kerr came out in defense of Chinese authoritarianism. Why? Because they were in on the take. Mm -hmm. If China grows powerful and they gain access to all these resources, they start making more money because they make our medicine, because they make most of our, you know, many of our basic goods that we can't manufacture anymore. Then at a certain point, you are going to see our we, we have our politicians. We have Joe Biden flying his son on Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal. And then they're going to be deferential to Chinese authoritarianism as opposed to American constitutionalism. And then one day you'll wake up and find that you have politicians saying things like, we should allow the the Chinese way of life into our universities, which we have the thousand talents program. You're going to end up with people like Mark Cuban, a prominent TV personality advocating on behalf of Joe Biden to get elected and advocating against the first amendment, our own constitutional rights. What's what we thought was going to happen was that opening up China and expanding our, our you know our our trade deals, there was this idea among this neoliberal uh, group of, of global politicians that trade lines will end war. I heard it from Gillette uh, actually, and he and he's a he, I believe he's active in the Cato Institute. He said what ended war between Britain great the great Great Britain and France or England and France was economics. They realized they could all become much better off and wealthier, but. To a certain degree, they have a very different culture for a certain amount of time, but then they also share certain values, namely religious values and basic moral framework. The United States does not share a moral framework with Chinese communism. So as China gains more power, we thought they would become more like us. In fact, the opposite is true. Do you think the state controls
1: the economy in China?
0: I think that the Communist Party has tendrils in all of their major corporations.
1: And so it's American. You, what country. are you worried about then? Based Based on what you're saying, they're not a threat economically. Because unless the Chinese are genetically superior in such a way that their businesses can somehow survive, the state wanting to control what they do, and we know here that the state is limited by the known. You guys are planning an all-new way of doing things economically that politicians would be surprised about because they've never even heard of it. So unless the Chinese are somehow unique, what you're describing signals their eventual decline economically. I, I don't think so. They're, what, what they're doing is they're
0: allowing capitalistic enterprise while making sure that certain, certain things that would threaten their structures can't exist. So, for instance, we see this now in the U.S. in many ways. If uh, you say the wrong opinion or even the wrong name on these platforms, you'll be eliminated. You, 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 say complimentary things, you know, we're talking about doing a sitcom, we're talking about expanding and producing culture. At any moment, any one of these, the, any, any, any part of the infrastructure, the chain links that allows us to exist could ban us for an arbitrary reason, and we see it all the time. People get erased from the internet, their opinions are not allowed to exist, and there's an attempt by this dogmatic cult to create a monoculture in this country, very similar to what we see in China. So when China, what the Chinese Communist Party did that was, was brilliant, when they watched the collapse of the Soviet Union, when they watch the failures of the fascists, they realize, you know what works? Allow capitalistic systems to function to a certain degree, and then make sure we have a place to stop anything that would challenge our ultimate authority and power. We want businesses to grow and flourish, but if at a certain point we see something that would upend our power, we shut it down. So what happens in China? Censorship. If you go online and say there was a, a you know, we, we we had this viral video where a guy was buckled to a chair and beaten by police for saying he didn't like police. So sure, they have McDonald's. They also get their doors welded shut when they get sick and then they die. They're treated like like things, part of a hive instead of individuals. What's scary then is in the U.S. as more and more of our, 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 our wealthy individuals, our millionaires, our billionaires and the lobbyists who are funded by them started getting special favor from China, started having investments in China. They became deferential to China. You'll see these billionaires who would say, if I come out and say free Hong Kong, I might lose a million dollars this year, so I won't do it. In fact, if I allow people to buy a NBA jersey that says free Hong Kong, China will get mad at me and we'll lose our NBA contract, so I won't allow that. Now Americans were actually barred from saying free Hong Kong. That's a, that's a value that we hold dear in, in, in terms of our history with classical liberalism, freedom of the individual, and the consent of the governed. China doesn't respect that. The more power they gain economically over our industries and our politicians, the more those politicians are going to keep deferring to China. And then come 2028, when their economy displaces ours, there are going to be substantially, there's going to be a substantially large amount of very wealthy individuals flooding money all throughout the United States to pass laws that suppress the rights of American citizens. Now, the Chinese Communist Party has their party branch and all of these all of these companies in China. If you want to open a Google office in China, the Communist Party gets a branch. Well, in the United States, we're getting something similar with the Office of Diversity, Inclusivity and Equity, this cult like ideology of leftist identitarianism, which functions in a much in a very, very similar way. And it seems in many ways deferential to China. So my fear is if the United States continues down a path of culturelessness or cultural stagnation. And we keep deferring to, hey, we all make money when China makes our vitamin C and our antibiotics. Eventually, China is just going to have all the money and they're going to be able to pay people off. And it's been happening and it's working and it's bad for us. Case in point, the numerous amount of, of university professors who were arrested and charged with taking money from China without telling the U.S. government, so you had professors who were getting grants from the U.S. government and then also secretly taking money from the Chinese Communist Party, essentially or allegedly, to then give American research to China. So we pay for it, the American taxpayer, the, the, the American labor, and then China uses it to exploit us. They then gain more economic influence. They then give incentives to our millionaires and our billionaires who then turn around and tell all of these local politicians, all the, they pay for these commercials and they run propaganda and politicians that suppress our rights and take away from us. If this keeps continuing, eventually China will, will, will stage, will actually uh, invade Taiwan. Joe Biden won't be able to do anything about it. The rest of the world will say the U.S. is unable to protect its allies, and then China becomes the global dominant power, and then when you talk about all this wonderful American culture that spreads across the globe, it will start changing into Chinese communist culture. Then in the United States, which we're already seeing, calls for banning hate speech, there are going to be people who end up in prison and beaten for saying the wrong thing. Once we start losing our constitutional rights, and we are, then how long until we
1: just clap and cheer and watch as China takes over and we just do what they want? Well, because what you're saying, once again, can't happen if the states plan it. You're saying that the Chinese can control uh, the future. They can control businesses. But implicit there is that they know what the businesses of the future will be. We see that as folly all the time in the United States. Let's never forget that back in 2005, Blockbuster wanted to merge with movie gallery. The FTC said, no, too dominant in home rental video. So out of nowhere comes Netflix and wipes them out. If you go back to 2000, Time Warner wanted to merge with AOL. Government held that up for a year. That was going to be too powerful of an industry. You know, there's no way if if that's that they're going to have full control. Oh, yeah. Well, within a few years of that merger, AOL was wiped from the masthead. Uh, back in the 1960s the view was that if GM isn't controlled isn't isn't constrained by government a little bit more they're going to own the whole car industry by 2008 that same federal government was bailing them out so by definition when government tries to control business it is controlling the past once the government discovers you as worthy of plucking for money once it discovers the billionaires worthy of plucking They've discovered the past. Remember, I submit to you Microsoft in the late '90s. That was another allegedly impermeable uh, monopoly, except for that it, for, it was unaware of the power of the internet. Is the un- unaware of the power of search? Is they unaware of the power of of the smartphone? It was unaware of the power. A list goes on and on. So implicit here is that the Chinese once again have a sense of what the future is. They don't, and so if they are trying to control industry, they will, by definition, limit industry's growth, and they will not become the economic power you think unless they have a superpower gene that the world has never seen before. But I I didn't say that. I didn't say they
0: know what's going to succeed. But said imp- imp- they- you,
1: you implied that they can control the businesses and they will limit them in certain ways. So as a way to limit their their, their ability to grow in such a way that would threaten the Communist Party's right. existence. Yes. So, they, and so, they, and so they, based not... on that, in the U.S., what the federal government would have done is come after Microsoft, once again, would have come after Blockbuster, because you know it was so powerful, would have come after, uh, come after Time Warner and AOL. Government is always looking in the past. And so every time, if that's what the Chinese government's doing, once again, I've got, you've got nothing to worry about, because the businesses that are going to be dominant in China in the future, are not the ones today. And that's the same thing here. If you have me back in five years or 10 years, how much do you want to bet that Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook aren't the five most valuable companies in the world? I'll put any amount of money on that, Perhaps, and I will win. But how do you explain
0: then the fact that already we are seeing American industrialists support Chinese communism over American constitutional liberalism or, or classical liberalism? Not liberal
1: in the political sense. Well, for one, I think, once again, for the typical Chinese, they don't experience government authoritarianism on a daily basis. This is not to defend, but let- can we at least to some degree admit that when we talk about the, uh, the dissidents in China and, and we defend them and, and we get behind them, it's kind of a rich man's concept. It's a Paris, Los Angeles, New York concept. You think the typical Chinese knows about these dissidents? They don't. Right, so the the Great Firewall and the suppression no, no, of free no, but speech it, it, it's not a keeps sup- people ignorant and unable to fight back. I don't think so. I think you'd find the same thing here. G- go to Aliquippa, PA, and see how many people could have this conversation with you. I don't think it's as much suppression because anyone who's at all good with computers in China can get beyond the firewall. It's so easy. Every time I've been to China, you get a VPN, you can be on, you can get any information you want. Do they suppress Tiananmen Square? You better believe it. But if you if you have passable knowledge of computers in China, you can get all the information you want about it. And so it's the same thing there. The typical Chinese is just too busy trying to make a living to worry about it. This isn't me defending it. But I think this notion that they're all repressed people is belied by what exists over there. If it were that repressive, it couldn't be that gleaming of of a country in many ways with buildings going up and all sorts of economic opportunity. Why do U.S. businesses kowtow? Look, it's a huge market. And why is it a huge market? It is because the people there are increasingly free to produce in very entrepreneurial ways.
0: So long as it doesn't challenge the authority of the Chinese Communist Party and their goals. But
1: again, that implies that the Chinese Communist Party knows what the future is. It doesn't. And it, I, don't, I don't understand per, that. Because they, uh, the only thing that the CCP can do is take on what exists. They but built the Great China, the great Firewall of China, which you said
0: some people know how to get past. Oh my gosh. But many people don't know how to get past.
1: And many people in the U.S. aren't very good at computers. They don't have it near the knowledge of computers that you the two of you do here.
0: Yet they were still able to create dozens of websites and an entire alternative media ecosystem that challenges the establishment every day and resulted in the election of Donald Trump, which really pissed off the establishment. The Chinese what? Communist Party is not going to lose power because they'll lock people
1: up who say wrong who say, who say the wrong words. Very hard to do, because again, what keeps happening in China is by the time the censors get to it, it's too late, and it's already so dispersed. Never forget that you guys, an entrepreneur in Houston once told me, after Obama was elected in 2009, and a lot of people on our side were kind of downcast, I said, are you worried? I said, are you kidding me? I am way too smart for Obama. I was way too smart for Bush before him capitalism and the profit motive and technology what you guys are talking about here you're so ahead of the politicians and to pretend that the chinese communist politicians somehow have a sense of the future no 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 but you but you, you, but you keep saying that
0: and I, i'm not implying that i think you're, you're assuming there's an implication i'm not saying that
1: okay so then let's agree if,
0: if you if you make a website called you know uh i will dissent you know china
1: they will delete that in two seconds because you are not fast a- enough, not fast enough. What they keep finding there is that by the time the sensors get to it, that the information is already. Dispersed. But that's not the issue. The issue is that over several years in the United States,
0: the ability of people to create sub, uh, sub well, we'll use Reddit for example, uh, for example, the Donald, this was a massive community that brought together Trump supporters. And according to MIT's technology review, it was one of the most prolific, uh, 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 one of the biggest proliferators of memes on the Internet, period. In fact, many leftists were adopting the same memes used by Trump supporters, but just reappropriating them back against, you know, in fa- against the right in favor of the left. These forms were eliminated after a certain amount of time. But for years, they were allowed to exist. For years, certain personalities were allowed to flourish and function on the Internet. Twitter called their website the Free Speech Wing of the Free Speech Party. Well, one by one, they started eliminating many of these channels, and they're still doing it. The United States isn't the same as communist China, where they can just snap their fingers and eliminate the idea at a moment's notice. Sure, we all see the one meme, but it's not allowed to grow. It's not allowed to develop. A community is not allowed to form. So people are constantly struggling in China with a game of whack-a-mole, where the communist party is shutting down those who oppose their power. In the US, it seems only recently big tech Silicon Valley and these corporatists, many of whom are deferential to China and other special interests, have started doing the same thing. Twitter says we have a global policy. So right now on Twitter, the problem we face as Americans is that an Australian citizen can go on Twitter and say anything they want about Donald Trump, say, during the election. They can make up every lie in the book. They can scream he's an agent of Russia and Twitter allowed that. But if you were an American citizen who tried sharing a story about Joe Biden's son, they would ban you, block you or eliminate that. Now, for a long time, this this wasn't happening, and it goes against many of the values we hold dear as Americans: free speech, free inquiry. China is the opposite; they've always been suppressing this information,
1: we, and they haven't been able to. Is my point? They, they absolutely more, have much you, more different. No, they haven't. Once, where, again, where are the large anyone with passable computer skills can get whatever they want information on what the government did with Tiananmen Square, there. and risk going to jail? It, it's it's not a risk. You can't you can't censor everyone. And to your point about Twitter. Look, there's no doubt, but implicit there is that Twitter is the frontier of this. I guarantee you, within a year or two, Twitter is going to be yesterday. That's why I wasn't very worried when Parler was when Amazon and the others went and went after Parler. Yes, it bothered me, but I guarantee you, what vanquishes Twitter is a company you've never heard of. Yeah, immutable
2: databases like blockchain and IPFS, like like PocketNet things with like Where, where, where data can't be deleted. You might be able no. to try and prevent access to the data, but the data remains. It's, but we're, it, we're it's thought- the
1: Netflix concept again. Remember, Netflix for years tried to get Blockbuster to buy it, and Blockbuster, oh please, Netflix, really? And then they wiped them out. We're all focused on Parler right now, and oh, it's just so unfair what big tech is doing. Guaranteed, it's some, it's a company you've never heard of that's going to wipe out. The, Twitter and some of these. And believe me, in our lifetime, how much do you want to bet? Let's keep in touch. Amazon's going to be wiped out by someone younger. The only constant in a free society, and that's why we never have to worry about China because they're not as free, is that the past is constantly being replaced by the future and I don't see that changing right now big tech is a moving target and how we know that is the only businesses that don't think they're too powerful that know their power ephemeral are big tech why would they be spending tens of billions of dollars a year on new businesses and new technologies if they thought that they they had a dominant position forever they're doing it because they know they've seen how what were the big internet companies when the 20th century began 21st century began Yahoo AOL Well, eBay, have you heard about them much lately? Guaranteed, within 10 years, we're not going to be talking about these very much. Because in the year 2000, Mark Zuckerberg was in high school. And I'll bet you any amount of money within 10 years, some kids in high school today, younger people are going to eclipse these guys. I'm not worried about big So how did the Soviet Union start?
0: How did it start? It was a revolution of workers. Uh, They basically... Wanted to kill the royal family. There was an ideology spreading of communism and Marxism. And I'm not going to pretend to know enough about the history to give you a a history lesson or or anybody watching. The point I'm simply trying to make is that at some point the country had a dramatic revolution and changed. How did how did what what happened with the history of China? I mean. How many people died in were killed in China? Hundred million. Something how many? Like that. How many people? Communism so, ki- seventy
1: to one hundred. I don't know. Exactly. It, it was a high. Communism has a body. Count but they weren't always communist countries. No, no, no they weren't. Uh, now I would how point out to you, communist. it's rarely the case that this was. It wasn't a workers' revolution in, in Russia, and it wasn't a. Wor- it's usually it's upper middle class that, that foments these. Re- it's no, it's never workers. Absolutely. Know? And right yeah.
0: now, what we're seeing with the woke cultists is they tend to be these you know suburban white progressives and a lot of, not not a lot of people like to hear that i guess but it it's it's mostly true it's mostly white people who are critical race theorists so how do we maintain the freedom for an industry to exist when cult ideologies are taking over much like we saw
1: long time ago in other countries i've got an optimistic assessment for that we're all free thinkers here ultimately while our ideology i think i speak for the three of us tell me if i'm wrong we love freedom oh yeah if we were running the united states i guarantee you woke ideology, woke cultists would be everywhere. There'd be 30 AOCs if I were running the United States, 30 Bernies. And why is that? Because I think free people create a lot of wealth. And they create the very wealth that people like Bernie and AOC can demagogue against. Bernie and AOC and Elizabeth Warren are a creation of the wealth they claim to disdain. So in my world, there'd be a lot more of them. I'm not surprised that there are a lot of woke cultists in the United States. Massive wealth creation in, for, that is born of freedom cr- allows for an en- endless stupidity. It's in the poor countries where people can't be revoltingly stupid. So to, to some degree, I tend to look at some of this and I say, oh yeah, it's boy, we must be a really rich country. because Look at some of the stuff kids are able to do out of college was 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 china particularly rich when they had their you know communist takeover yeah if if you look at shanghai in the 1920s and 30s is a very advanced city economically with some of the most talented entrepreneurs in the world and and to be clear a very uh global entrepreneurial base americans a huge jewish population and then Uh, they became communists uh Yes, very upper-middle-class uh Chinese. Uh, a few of them took over, and it was destroyed. Global the, the, entrepreneurship. The Chinese, the Chinese have a very weird view of the world. They tend to look at things a lot more long-term, and so I think they viewed this, and this was a tragedy. This isn't defending it for a second, but look, at, it happens, and so we've got to be vigilant at all times. I'm not saying sit, lay down our arms, but I'm not surprised in a country as rich as the United States that there are, aren't su- shockingly dim people out we there. We don't make our own medicine. So what? So what
0: if China one day says no medicine for you? Uh, are they going to stop selling it? They could absolutely just decide to stop selling it and cut us off. So, so they'll sell it to no one? They'll sell it to no one. They'll keep it for themselves. When the oh. pandemic started, what oh, did perfect. they do? Well, they so turned their ships pre- around and took all the PPE back.
1: Well, so what happened? Do you remember 1973? The uh, There was an Arab oil, oil embargo in the United States. Did we stop consuming Arab oil? I wasn't alive. Well, it doesn't mean you can, you can read the history. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, 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 of course not. We still bought every bit as much Arab oil as we did before. We just bought it from those they sold to. Now, it's possible the Chinese would go to the expense of creating all this medicine that saves lives and sit on it. Keep it for themselves to save their lives Uh. in a war. You think it wouldn't be smuggled out of the country? You think that if that were the only medicine available, it wouldn't find its way to the U.S.? We've had a drug war against drug, drug use in the U.S. for decades. How's that work? How did that – we still have You had, think a black market
0: would displace the entire pharmaceutical industry and in delivery of oh medications? My, no,
1: if the only medications were in China and they were sitting on them, as in you can't sell them, guaranteed, that would be smuggled out guarantee not, not the
0: quantities Americans would need it in, in a war in in
1: which case very quickly just as we've been able to mobilize for wars before you'd very see very quickly see Americans come up with the answers to that which uh, that which which we don't have and so i'm not worried about that the reality is that the us could be at war with every oil producing nation on earth and be embargoed by every single other one and we would still consume all of the oil that they produce as though it bubbled up in west texas let's never forget that england in the 19th century was at war at one time with every European country and embargoed by all of them, yet they were still importing all that they produced. Think back to World War One. The U.S. imposes a trade embargo on Germany, and guess what happened? Out of nowhere, suddenly all these us exports are going to scandinavian countries we were still trading with the germans they were just routing them through scandinavian countries when the arabs their their embargo on us in 1973 was entirely symbolic we still consumed arab oil think Did about it cost it cost us more no not one not one cent more it cost more because we devalued the dollar which tim would tim would know about we left we left the stability ian, no. oh, oh ian i'm sorry <laughs> but maybe he's right yeah uh, and and so you look at modern times, we've got imbar- trade embargoes on Iran. I- Cuba's I- got brand new cars for years, haven't they? Uh, well, there are iPhones all over Iran. Even though we've got a trade embargo, guess what's the main currency in Iran? The dollar. What's the main currency in, in, in North Korea? The dollar. In Venezuela, it's the dollar. Unless you can shut – unless the U.S. literally walls off itself, in which the walls would still be porous – What we produce is everywhere in the world. We could still embargo the rest of the world. It'd still be there. The Chinese can't keep anything of value from. Yeah, but
0: but there's a big difference between free flow of goods and heavily restricted smuggled goods. Uh, There's North Korea is not particularly advanced. You know, I mean, they've got they've got a city. But if you look at the, the nighttime satellite picture of North Korea versus South Korea, there's a very big difference. I think
1: they're underground. I think they build an underground kingdom. <laughs> after, after <the laughs> All great- right. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, look, look yeah. countries can keep their people down. There's no question. The point is, is if the Chinese tried, decided to commit economic suicide by not allowing their goods to escape the United States, uh, escape the country, which would be economic suicide for them. Mm-hmm. Why would it be? Because if you're, why would you, why would you produce and not sell to the biggest market on earth. Why would you declare war on another country? It's a very good question, but to be clear, usually wars with other countries are what result after trade has broken down them. It's much less likely for countries to go to war. It, it it's kind of a, a hackneyed statistic at this point, but as of today I believe it's still true, a country with McDonald's in it has never invaded another country with a McDonald's. I've in heard it. that. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. Know. You know, when you've got a rooting interest in another country, it's kind of like would the Chinese uh, invade the U.S.? It's certainly possible, but it'd be the equivalent of Gucci invading Beverly Hills. Dude, if that's a real statistic that a country
2: with McDonald's never invaded another country, that's a really, really promising.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's from one of the. I'm not a big fan of his, but it's from a Thomas Friedman book. Um, I I think. Oh, wait, sorry. Well, I don't know if I want to use Snopes. Let's
0: see what they say. Have two McDonald's-containing countries ever been at war with each other? Whether an economic theory involving McDonald's franchises and war literally holds true largely depends on one's definition of war. They say countries that both have McDonald's never have never been involved in a war. Now, Snopes, I'm not a fan of. So when they say something's false, I don't necessarily believe it. When they say something's true, and it's obviously true, I'll use it on purpose. But they go on to mention this. They, they say Friedman's idea was somewhat tongue-in-cheek and not necessarily meant to be taken literally and absolutely. It, it does not seem to have held true in all cases. They say, uh, let's see, communism suffered its first Big Mac attack today as McDonald's opened up a restaurant in Yugoslavia, and police were called in to keep customers who lined up. It's tensions between different ethnic groups. So a series of bloody conflicts in the 1990s resulted in piecemeal dissolution of Yugoslavia led to the Kosovo War, which was waged between February 98 and June 99, and pitted the forces of the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, uh, blah, 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 with the Albanian army on the ground. It was the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, whose capital in Belgrade. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I guess the general idea is they're saying depends on your definition of war. Mm-hmm. But they say in 1989, the U.S. invasion of Panama. 1999, the Cargill War, India and Pakistan over Kashmir. The 2008 Georgian War and the 2014 invasion of Ukraine. So it's very
1: limited. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's fairly powerful in the sense, what's the Bastiat quote, when goods don't cross borders, armies will. I mean, When we countries are trading with limited, each other, the war is much less likely.
2: Limited in the capacity of like World War II, I guess. Yeah, there's only been like five or six instances of it, and it hasn't been global conflict when it happens. I mean, that's very common sense. Well, I would never want to invade a trade partner. Yeah, no, I can't say never, but you don't it want makes... to kill your
1: best customers. It's right. just—it's just only logical not to kill your best customers. And so I—I I do I mean, believe the... the greatest, cheapest foreign policy the world ever conceived of was trade. Obviously, because when we're dividing up work and, and working for one another, uh, war becomes very expensive. What John F. Kennedy's uh, father always said to him, uh, because he was a global trader, said, "Son, war is really bad for business. Stay out of the wars, unless you're Halliburton." Unless you're an
2: arms manufacturer, so we got to keep our eyes. Interesting
1: that you say that, but if you look at the companies, the defense contractors in the 1960s, it's common to say that they wanted Vietnam. Their share prices actually fell in the 1960s. It wasn't war is a bad business, and it's bad business for everyone. All right. Well, how about we take some? uh, We move on to super chats, and I will
0: absolutely say right now, I don't know what YouTube has been doing, but uh, the other day we had a bunch of likes get erased same thing happened today weird now to be fair we do have some dislikes today but it's absolutely like i I, i'm checking this as i'm watching it happen so if you like the show give us a like because youtube seems to be erasing likes for some reason no joke or the met or their counter is wrong maybe possible the the, the, the The
2: future is unknown
0: if you have not already Smash that That's like button. Is. Subscribe to this channel. We're gonna be ba- we're gonna break a million subs next week. It's gonna be great. Woo. We got the new website launching <laughs> soon at some point. Yes. Uh, we think the official launch will be Monday, but you know, we'll see. We- we just gotta make sure we- we cross all the T's out all the I's. So, uh, smash the like button. Go to timcast.com. Become a member. We have a huge library of exclusive members only content. Full podcast episodes. Some of it's not even- it's, it's not news. You know the other day we're talking about crazy stories with Jim Hansen. You know, he's in he's in uh, Philippines eating these rotten eggs they eat there. It's crazy stories, and then a guy pulls out a gun and it's just fun, fun conversation. So check that out. Now we're gonna read y'all super chats. All wow. right, so YouTube blocks the name of this first super chat, so sorry I can't read your name, but they say, Here's ten dollars to make a Timcast IRL fighting game. Tim Super would be him throwing some seeds and the chickens swarming the bad guy. Ian Super, he drinks graphene and becomes invincible for five Ooh. seconds. I'm sorry. I, I've, got, I've got to stop you there. Um, I would love to make a fighting game. We will look into this. And I think it would be way more fun to make a culture war fighting game. So a long time ago, someone made a culture war fighting game image, a meme, where it was Super Smash Brothers. And it was the character selection screen from Smash Brothers with all of these different culture war personalities and it was blue on the left and faded slowly to red, <laughs> representing left, right, and center. And then they had all of these different people like Steven Crowder and Alex Jones and Tim Poole and, you know, Sargon and and then other, you know, leftist personalities, David Pacman, Kyle Kalinske. I thought it was hilarious. I think it would absolutely be a, be a, hilarious to make a fighting game based on just political personalities. You know what would be awesome
2: is if it was a, a two dimensional or three dimensional fighting game, but you could at any time zoom into your character and fight first person. I don't
0: and know. Then how zoom that would back work.
2: out. We need to develop the genre, so that would I be like cool. Plat-
0: I like two dimensional fighting games. But anyway, what I was going to say is Ian's superpower would that he would have some kind of like nano graphene tech and he would pull the graphene out and it would take different shapes. So Ian would have like, one special move it's like down forward punch and then a claw forms with graphene mm-hmm. and then it can
2: also fire a wire of graphene and electrocute you back back b would be like a graphene shield would like throw up in front of me for a second yep yeah. i'm down <laughs> <laughs> graphene i want chickens
0: i don't think my superpower would be would be chickens or anything like lydia that, gets chickens yes okay I'll chickens, chickens. Yeah. chicken master <laughs> yes. carl roy says the debate between ian and tim was great yesterday i like ian
2: even if i disagree with his opinion on that one we talked was, about the debate between objectivism and subjectivism. Well, is, no,
0: it's objective and subjective evil. Right. Yeah. There's if, a lot of philosophers. Good and evil or
2: objective and sub- can be... I'm sorry to interrupt what you're saying. I was going to say a
0: lot of philosophers say there's no objective evil, that e- good and evil are subjective concepts, and I was arguing for... So, so that, that objective evil does exist, and we had a conversation, we had a debate. <laughs> great. There, that it's key. a lifelong yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Keith McCracken says, Hey, Tim, I'm really bummed out that you didn't discuss my comment further but a lot of problems in the u.s is undiagnosed mental health poor diet and the lack of researching both ends of the topic knowledge is ultimate power you're the best ian well there you go (laughs) i'm the
2: best ian that's right the best i can be thank you dude
0: oaken cable says feel free to disavow but instead of cash payments why not send lead payments jeez no 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 no
2: that's not a good monetary policy Mm -mm. (laughs) don't like that
0: dr remulak says what in the actual crap is this i'm tired of this bs finish the wall and bring back potus 45 please he was not perfect but he had our best interest in mind and heart now the good news is i guess joe biden wants to build the wall yeah (laughs) so there's talk yeah Mm -hmm. yeah right dude andrew platt says you either get banned a Tim Pool or you stay on the platform long enough to see yourself become the Alex Jones. <laughs> well, may, maybe as one would put it, I would say those, you either get banned at Tim Pool or you stay on the platform long enough to become a leftist. There have been a bunch of YouTube personalities who all of a sudden, just their opinions just changed around the time people are getting banned. How interesting is that? So, so what a coincidence. Krish Lieber says, Big shout out to Ian. You're my favorite astral projection. Oh. Fellow Ohioan here, east side of Cleveland, I have seen crystal elves on DMT and would love to hear you talk more about the subject. to Start your own podcast. Much love.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Have you much. met the crystal elves? I have not yet. I've not blasted mm. through on DMT. I just mm. puffed it the first time I took it and, uh, <laughs> I was in a room. My, my, this guy was growing algae in these green tanks behind him and I could see gravity sucking him down to the air. Have you ever wow. smoked DMT? No. It's like, uh, dimethyltryptamine. Your body produces it. It's in your, in your, in your body and it kind of is responsible for the dream state that we experience as humans. Wow. This chemical. Brilliant. Amazing stuff. Yeah. The Civic Nationalist says, In Britain, we already tried the market approach.
0: Open borders with legal routes. Our culture is eroded. Limited immigration is better if you want your culture to survive. But, you, but you're but Yanks, you wouldn't understand. Whigs. <laughs> all right. Ender says, You said that talented people create investment, which creates work, followed up by saying, Work is not finite, but the talented people are finite. After, after all... How many talented people do you know in your life compared to untalented people?
1: I think people can develop their talents. Yeah. And in a society where jobs are most rapidly being destroyed, that's where talents are varied. Talents are most most developed. There's just no getting around it. Uh, back before, um, job destruction, you just had to be a farmer no matter what. Now in my case, I would have been pretty pathetic and probably would have committed suicide early. Mm. So, thank goodness for the robots that destroy the work of the past.
0: Alright, we got, uh, we got some spicy criticism. You ready oh, for what? Ooh. Trump Buchanan says this guy is a neo-feudalist sitting in his ivory tower telling the serfs to eat cake while importing their replacements for half the cost. He doesn't live in reality. Literal lullbertarian. <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: What can I say? It, it, it's it's always been the case that uh, the the past replaces the future, and thank goodness that parts of the world are doing the work that we that we used to do. Because the work we used to do is something that this person who's criticizing me probably couldn't handle. This person is is actually is, is watching TV from a computer and tapping out messages on a computer. Uh Will you throw all that away? Because other than the tractor and fertilizer, the computer is easily the biggest displacer of humans in history. And so it's probably a good idea for you to give up that technology if you really feel that way. All right. Let's see. Sugayana
0: Ram says, legal immigration needs to be fixed as well. It's a way for a company to import cheap labor. A lot of legal workers are stuck on visas and companies take advantage of the of their situation. Government doesn't want to fix. There was one instance where I, I saw this documentary. Companies would advertise to illegal immigrants, to people in other countries, to illegally immigrate, to work for them. Have them work for a guaranteed wage, standard wage, but then before paying them, they would call ICE or INS and have them all deported and they would pay nothing. That absolutely meant nobody was getting paid, not the worker and not, but I suppose that's, you know, people break the law, break the law, that's super shady. Yeah, I guess it yeah, wasn't illegal though.
2: No, it, it should be, profiting off of someone else for breaking the law is blackmail, I think, um, and it should be illegal.
1: If- I think that qualifies as evil. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but but, so, yeah. but But
1: let's never forget, that the most expensive labor in the world is cheap labor. Think about it. Henry Ford. There's this urban myth that Henry Ford raised wages to $5 a day to get his, his employees to buy cars. Oh, please, you think that would sustain the company? He did it because his turnover annually was 370%. He kept losing workers because he wasn't paying them enough. Look in the United States. Where does the most investment go? Oh, yeah, San Francisco, Boston, New York, to where the labor is most expensive. It's expensive to have cheap labor because they quit. They don't take the job seriously. It's not easy. No one, no business, no one building a business is actively looking for cheap labor. There's just certain work, jobs that don't don't rate a lot of pay. But there's a big difference. All right, let's see what we got here.
0: David Palmer says undocumented immigrant slave wage labor is the backbone of the Californian economy. Of
1: course, it is a sanctuary state. Not true. No. I would say that California's economy's backbone is not its farming economy. Not its farming economy? I thought the farming was a massive,
0: massive portion. I mean, like a third at least, right?
1: No. I'd, if it is, I'm very surprised. That to, California's economy is one of the most advanced in the world. As we discussed, California used to be a manufacturing economy in the 1920s and 30s. It no longer is. Thank goodness it is. It would be a poor country. It would be a poor state if it were. A third... Uh, oh, wow. California provides a third of the country's vegetables. Wow. Yeah, prob- but I
0: don't... That doesn't make it a th- the third largest. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah. No, it's just the thing... It's the first thing that pops up. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Wow. Well, I... We'll have to look that up later, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got. Nick Tilly says, Chat has many thumbs-downs and dislikes. They are an example of what's wrong with the world. They reject sound logic and truth. Love this podcast and guest. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I'll oh. tell you what one of the biggest problems is that... Most people, I you know, are, are are they like the show? They'll give us a thumbs up. Not everybody we're going to have on the show is going to have the same opinion, mind right. you. You know, so we're going to have people we disagree with and have point. debates and arguments arguments with. But Crowder was pointing this out too. Stephen Crowder was mentioning that yeah. so th- they'll do a segment about something someone is, you know, public figure is saying, and then people will give th- Crowder a thumbs down because people don't like the opinion from other people on Punishing Crowder's show Crowder. or mm. the segments. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're hurting Crowder, or you're hurting us because you don't like the opinions of a particular individual. Honestly, I think there's a lot of people who do that because they want to make sure the conversation can only go in one direction because if the weaker, weaker minded people would say, Oh no, the audience is mad at us because we had a guest who has a bad opinion. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'll book him again. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't right. I,
0: look, I'm not the smartest person in the world. People disagree with me and I
2: disagree with Dude, people. They and executed you have have Galileo because he kept saying that the, what is it? The earth revolves around the yep. sun. And so they, they so. killed him. Mm-hmm. Like they, that's how much they hated that idea.
1: It's crazy You can't do that with new ideas.
2: Tolerance. <laughs> All right, the quove says the
0: super com- that supercomputer is so cheap because it's made by slaves in China. Please find me a phone made fully in Western countries and compare the cost.
1: Uh, it's funny that he says that slaves make it in China because all I know is American businesses are all over China and they say that it's the second it's the second largest market for Nike, for McDonald's. There are forty one hundred Starbucks in China on the way to seven thousand. GM sells more cars in China than it does in North America. If it were slaves working there, how could they afford all these expensive American products? Uh, there's this myth about slave labor in China. Oh please, that's just I not mean serious. the the people in the Foxconn
0: labs were walking off the building to their suicide.
1: Uh, the, there are certain there are always going to be unhappy people in bad work situations. But to pretend that it's slave labor in China presumes that American companies are just there. Why were they, I suppose they were slaves in the Soviet Union? Where were all the American companies in the so- former Soviet Union? I'm just curious. Plus, you need
2: to define slave like slaves made nothing. But these people and are I, making wages. They're just making well, low well, and they're making
1: more and more. The reality is people, they wouldn't I think be like 400 pl- bucks a month. Uh, there are probably some there, – no, there are low-wage workers in the U.S. Let's agree that there are low-wage workers in China, but as evidenced by the fact that so many U.S. businesses are so eager to be there and, and businesses from around the world that are not there because the people are all exploited, because w- what would the market be? Uh, but yes, there are low-wage workers in China, just as there are in every other country. Or maybe slaves
2: made something. I don't know if that's a definitive yeah. statement. Like, yeah, be-
1: slavery itself is a tragic system. But let, let's let's not. This is not traditional slavery.
2: All right, we got
0: sideways. He says, "Should I buy stock in graphene tech early on?" I would just like to point out, I uh, I bought some some stock in a graphene company, and uh, it, it it went up, yeah. it
2: improved. Perhaps we will start a graphene company, and then I would encourage you to invest in that to help us grow it. But Well, I'm that's a, a whole other... Yeah, I'm not a financial analyst, yeah, so I can't so. give you definitive uh, no answer, advice. but graphene will be becoming more popular as the years go on.
1: The great companies of the future, if we knew about them, we'd already own them, which oh, yeah. means we don't own them. Go back in time. We don't know and... the great companies of the future. Everybody
0: mm-hmm. wants to go back in time and buy
1: Bitcoin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's so easy to look at, in, in the rearview mirror, but... Uh, Amazon is one of the most valuable companies in the world. Its stock imploded more than 20% so many times over the last 20 years. I'll tell you what's funny is, uh, it's a rough like, ride if you're a shareholder.
0: 10 years ago, I met a guy who was bragging about how much money he made off his Apple stock. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: If I had just listened to him and said, yeah. I'll buy some Apple stock, <laughs> woo. Yep. I'd make a ton of money, but I was like, I don't know, missed that train, huh? No, mm-hmm. no, no.
1: Well, think right. about Tesla. When did it go public? Think how many years you owned a stock that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden markets discover the, the potential. It's a tough business. But, but, but that's, again, I think that speaks why it's hard for the state to control this. Uh, most investors don't presume to know. Wall Street doesn't presume to know what the, be- the companies of the future are. It's very hard uh, to pretend, pretend that, that the state could know. Uh, no. All right.
0: Cassius Cam says millennials don't have jobs because they're soft. I work at a lumber mill. Twenty dollars an hour entry level. We can't find young people to to hire. They're soft. Wow. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like these these I I tell you, man, I I made the mistake early on in my career of seeking out college graduates, thinking like, you know, find somebody who's got a degree. My friend said the same thing, and it was a mistake. These kids, they they graduate college, have never had a real job, are soft and incapable. They've spent their whole lives being told what to do. You need to find somebody who can roll up their sleeves and solve a problem. Not everybody's not absolute, but that's what I learned.
1: Yeah. um, Do you remember that movie uh, uh, Slacker about Austin, Texas in the early 90s? See, when I got out of college, they said that my Generation X was going to be a failure, that we were going to live in our parents' basements, that we would never earn any money. So they made movies about us, Slacker, singles, (laughs) reality bites. There are books about it. Every young generation in America's history has been viewed as soft. There was a famous businessman who said that Americans' youth were so lazy that don't even bother communism on them, they'd be too lazy to produce for others. <laughs> uh, who wrote this? Albert Hubbard. He wrote it in 1899. He said the grandparents of the greatest generation were too lazy and entitled and spoiled. We're always spoiled in the United States. Why? Because we've been defined by constant progress. The way the young people live is so much better than their parents live. Guaranteed, these young people who mm-hmm. are soft today, give them 20 to 30 years, they'll be saying these kids coming out of college are so soft. I can't you guys, be bothered with them.
0: You guys know uh, the Far Side Comics, Gary mm-hmm. Larson? Yeah, mm-hmm. There's one. I love it. It is a couple of parents sitting watching their son play Nintendo, and they're imagining job description, wanted, Super Mario expert. Defeat Bowser, $10 an hour. Wanted. Super Mario Pro. And it was joking about how these kids playing video games were not going to get jobs in the future. And now eSports is a massive industry. One of the mm. biggest tournament yep. prize pool for any sport was in video games. You got people who are mm-hmm. some of the richest people on the planet playing video games Goodbye. on the Internet. Oh, yeah. And they were made fun of. What people need to realize is that value exchange can be literally anything. Yep. So when right now, look at the stupidest thing in the world some kids are doing there's going to be a community that values whatever that is. Maybe there's kids and they they walk around playing patty cake all day. And you're like, oh, these kids and their patty cake trend. And then maybe in the future, there's going to be a group of people large enough to where they value patty cake tournaments. And these people can make money from it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's that, that's, that it will be playing patty cake, but who knows?
1: But it, But you're absolutely right. The definition of an entrepreneur is someone who de- believes something deeply that most everyone rejects. And so, and this is not me taught my, I wrote a book about this called The End of Mm -hmm. Work, that the future of work in the U.S. is going to be so amazing. And video games was one of them. If you had told someone when I was growing up, think about when you got into video games in the early 1980s, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for a job in the future. They would have thought you had a substance abuse problem. (laughs) If you had said, I'm going to be a video game coach, which there now are, and they make a lot of money, they would have committed you. Uh Uh, there's a, prof- a professor entrepreneur I know. His son ten years ago said, "Hey, Dad, why don't I start taping myself playing video games? People would love to see." He said, oh, "You've lost your mind." Well, so of course, there's huge money in that now. Yep. yep. The work, the definition of work in a free society changes all the time, and in ways that is is fascinating. So, is it any wonder that kids are soft? What they get to do, what their future of work is going to be, so different from the past. Yeah. Work- well. A work is a scientific term that just defines energy
2: production measured in joules. And so what is work? I mean, we're working right now. We're
1: producing work. Just Can you speaking. believe how lucky we are for what it. we get to do? Because I guarantee your ancestors weren't getting to do something so fun that paid the bills and had lights around them and getting to project these ideas to so many people. It is amazing. Work is an historical concept, and thank goodness, in free, rich countries, it's constantly changing. That is progress where the work of the past is being destroyed. It's not a negative, and it's not ivory tower. It's now, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out to
0: our, our lumber mill friend and just say there are some people who are faced with the choice. $20, plus hour, uh, $20 an hour to start in a lumber mill or $65,000 a year to go work for a rage bait blog in New York and write about <laughs> Brad Pitt's junk. Which one's the easier job? Mm-hmm. Which one do you think they're going to choose to do? I'm not a fan of that. I think people need to learn how to do trades and go work in a lumber mill, and I don't value people writing about Brad Pitt's junk, but the attention economy took over.
2: And mm-hmm. keep in mind, at the lumber mill, the machines are doing a lot of the work. So mm-hmm. th- that word work is very I- I- amorphous. We mm-hmm. need to make exosuits. You're right, Ian. Yeah, yes. we do. This we dude do working a in the lumber
0: show. mill shouldn't have to – they shouldn't hire somebody. They should build massive mechs that can just – Pick up at a giant saws. tree and just go wing and just like yeah, it wouldn't really be effective. I'm but convincing it'd be fun.
2: Tim to do a show where we go try on exosuits suits. Yeah. <laughs> travel around the world and In try on, on like Iron crazy suits. technologies? Yeah,
0: all right, so Philip. You have access. Let me know. Nice. Philip Summit says, "Hey guys, it's my birthday tomorrow. I know you guys like to talk about God a lot. Have you considered mm. having Doctor Tim Mackey from the Bible Project on? He's an interesting Bible scholar and also happens to be a skateboarder. Oh, oh. that sounds pretty cool. Very cool. Might be fun." <laughs> I, I would like to if if we didn't like that though I'd like I'd like to get some kind of um I'd like to have not just a Bible expert but also maybe like a DMT expert as well where we can have this intersection between faith religion but also psychedelics experience and maybe find some like interesting points that could be made in common you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm.
2: Happy birthday by the way tomorrow
0: absolutely we got too many super chats man. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Sonny James says, uh, Dude, if I hear petro oil came from dinosaur blood one more time. <laughs> dude, a raccoon died in my front yard and had a 20-foot oil ring. Could have ran an 18-wheeler off one raccoon. Whoa. Literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard with my own two wow. eyes. Wow. <laughs> 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 Great super chat. <laughs> wow. Uh I was listening to this podcast. One of the, It's one of the top podcasts. And they were like, You know, fossil fuels can't last forever because there's no more dinosaurs. And the other guy's like, yeah, like the dinosaurs are gone. It's like, oh,
2: geez. There's no more fossils, man. First of all, (laughs) all. it
0: was not made of dinosaurs. Uh, It is just highly compressed organic matter. I believe it's mostly algae, right? I could be wrong.
2: Oh, probably. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It was,
0: it was, it was compressed algae and things like that. Just decaying organic matter. More importantly, we already synthesized petroleum by create, we made algae and then we, we, we like superheated and compressed it and turned it into a hydrocarbon fuel. So,
2: yes, it can be made if we want to do it. Honestly, your body is secreting oil right now. I yep. wonder if we can utilize that someday.
1: Maybe.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Drew Burchett says, hey, Tim, you got called out by Steve at PT News as an idiot for your tweet on the PRO Act. Your plan is working. Uh, the, tweet, <laughs> the tweet I put out about the, the – the, it's the Protect the Right to Organize Act. Are you familiar with this? I Vaguely. Yeah. It, it's it's it, the argument is that uh, from many many people, including on the left, is that it would eliminate freelancing mm-hmm. because it's, it's it's similar to California's AB five, mm-hmm. which says you know Uber and these companies are exploiting labor and so it empowers unions. And so I tweeted, we must help the Democrats pass the, the pro act because it will help uh, union you know unions and labor rights. It will also destroy rage bait uh, <laughs> woke websites <laughs> because they run off freelance labor. Mm-hmm. The the the, the the, the point of the tweet essentially is it's true. It will destroy those companies like it did in California. But uh, wh- wh- who is this guy? What's PT News? Is he right or left wing? Because I can imagine they're both mad at me. And that's kind of the point. I don't know. Up. I'm going to fight for union labor and destroy leftist rage bait. Both sides get mad. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. It took me only like a week to get called left wing by right wing media and right wing by left wing media. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Let's see. Skeleton King says, I live close to Aliquippa. The downtown area is so bad right now. The local leaders need to step up bummer colin burke says tim i've got a new album louder actions and two years clean i truly believe in my music any advice for promo in the digital climate clear.bandcamp.com by the way love one man music operation colin burke hey congratulations dude
2: sounds good do you have advice for him promoting
0: i don't know because i'm trying to promote my song i don't even know what we're doing with it
2: (laughs) that's asking a lot promoting you can buy facebook ads like target yeah. them to people that I like know, that kind man. of music. If I you have feel a, like there's so much money. I
0: just feel like it's got to be organic,
2: like mm. you know, making like, YouTube videos consistently so, every day. Yeah. But that's a lot of work. We we put out.
0: Uh, I put out my song "Will of the People" on November second, just before the election, and it's got just about nine hundred thousand views. All organic, no ads, nothing is just people listening. Some people I like sharing, that. and. uh we're, we, are we we're thinking about something we can do to promote it, but I kind of feel like we should finish the album first, which who knows, lo- who knows how long that'll take because I work too much as it is. I think
1: how amazing that is though. Because if you, did you ever read that Keith Richards, uh, biography? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, so he said, if you got studio time in the sixties, you took it. It was so difficult, so expensive to get. Yet here's Tim producing an album and he's reached 900,000 people. Again, the ways in which in the cheap ways, thanks to technology, that you can get things out. No, this that is expensive. Good hope to do. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh. expensive. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we uh, we we well, we, we made a video for it. We made yeah. a short film, so Ooh. that was the bulk of
2: the cost. Okay. But Animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you that's are it. right. If you have, like, uh, a couple, some computer programs, a microphone, and an Internet access, you can basically produce. If you know what you're doing and you have logic, you know, mm. or some, com- you can basically, my friend Dave days. Shout out, Dave, one of the OG YouTube million subscribers when he was 18. He's produced a lot of great music just from his room. Mm -hmm. All right. We got Patrick in Chicago says, I grew up in Flint.
0: Factories left because politics and unions. Talent left when jobs left. Nothing Flint made is unneeded or obsolete, just made by cheap foreign labor and and shipped back. Mm. SVC industry jobs aren't good paying jobs. Service industry jobs. Mm. Austin Unruh says, Ian, the population of the world is aging and we are on course for a population crash in the next 30 to 40 years and there is not
1: the population to replace it hmm. nah, that's crazy nah, yeah nah, i talked about nah. the birth would ring. you, you like to think so oh think about that the the people being born today are going to be exponentially more productive than the people born in the past the discovery of coal was thought to be the equivalent of someone suddenly having 20 personal assistants helping him or her doing work So what does the internet do? What is, what does the computer do? Once again, you guys are producing a TV show from here with exponentially less human labor. The productive capacity of humans today is so amazing relative to the past. Is it any wonder that we're producing less kids when we used to produce kids because we needed extra hands on, on the farm? Let's also point out that what's the country that is, has the lowest birth rate and highest suicide rate? South Korea. Ooh, wow. is it struggling right now? No, it's booming. This notion about a population crash, it, it's basically global warming for the from for the right. It's it, the, 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 There's so many people on the right looking for some reason that the world's going to end, and this is one of them.
0: Yeah, actually, after the plague in, in Europe, the economy flourished. You had this high level of technology and lots of people dead, so all of a sudden the economy was just taken off like crazy with all this work that had to be done and all this opportunity to do it. It's kind of nightmarish. You mm-hmm. know, that's what caused it, but...
1: Well, and and in fairness, think about. Let's just look at the Holocaust in Europe. There's this. There's this view today in the economics profession that the World War II ended the Great Depression. I can't think of something more horrifyingly obtuse. Implicit there is that you can grow your economy by killing your best customers and also sending your best people, your best and brightest, out to war where they can be destroyed. That you can grow your economy by destroying wealth. Imagine where Europe would be today. If people like Hitler hadn't destroyed so many, so much human capital, imagine where Russia would be today if they hadn't gotten into such needless wars. And so, humans are always the drivers of of, of progress. But to pretend that that birth rates are the drivers of progress presumes that Botswana has a much bigger economy than South Korea. And so, no.
0: <laughs> All right, stupidly awesome gaming says second times the charm. Hope this makes it. Please shout out my friend, Cameron Zwick, for making me a dedicated listener for four years. You inspired me to do more streaming and YouTube. Thank you so much. Much love. Appreciate it. Very
2: cool. Very nice.
0: Joshua Albritton says, great Gollum impression yesterday. (laughs) Loved hearing you and Ian talk Tolkien. If interested, I translated the entirety of The Hobbit into Elvish. Won't let me post the link, so shoot me a message if you want a free copy.
2: (laughs) FYI, Tim is Frodo. And I am Sam. Oh Frodo. he has the check. he's I'm carrying the ring right now, you guys. It's the darkness of the political it, the the world. He's taking it on his shoulders. We need to help him destroy I'm the ring.
0: Definitely Wait. not Frodo. Not
2: by choice. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I just see you carrying the burden. Bro, I'm not I'm not
0: sitting in that round, fellowship round table going like I will carry it. No, I'm sitting there
2: going like don't look at You're me. Like, You're the only one that can. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. I don't know nope. why Gandalf gave Frodo the ring. Why was he chosen? <laughs> no one knows. Because hobbits are, are less corruptible. Mm. They
0: were simple folk who just wanted to drink and be merry. And yeah, they But why Frodo of all the hobbits? The hobbits weren't a warlike people, right? Well, because Bilbo was the one who found it. And so Frodo was the one who had it, and it just fell upon him. But, I mean, you know, Samwise helped. Come on. Dude, don't, Sam. Don't. Come on. Yeah, what are you doing? You Dude, just, Sam's the man. Just, just this my right. boy. We destroyed it together. That's right. Yeah.
2: I love Sam. And, and
0: Frodo almost didn't do it. Because of Gollum? No, no, no. no because right. he was corrupted. And then Gollum... Mm-hmm. Because no one government. can
2: carry that burden alone. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, man.
0: What 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 what, what great storytelling. I need it to absolutely We we just used the one ring from the Lord of the Rings as an analogy for political power. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good I think that was the point actually, so.
1: I fell know. asleep in the first one. I just mm-hmm. I no. I know. Shun I, sacrilege. Shun the
0: non-believer yeah. out of the studio. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. worth dosing yourself. <laughs> yes. Books are great. All right. So. Garland says, "John, the we do it too is fallacious." Give me an example right now, not 100 years ago. China enslaves 3 million Uyghurs, forcibly aborts, sterilizes, steals children,
1: murders, and sells their organs. China is World War II Germans. Uh again I'm not going to defend certain things that go on in China but and, and and I love the United States but if you checked out the Indian health service right now I uh, guess where they send the doctors who can't work anywhere else and, and who've been de- de-licensed for fraud they usually send them to Indian hospitals just as one example uh should we indict the United States for the, the mistakes made when it was initially a free country I think not Um, It doesn't defend what happened for one second. Slavery was a tragedy. Uh, The treatment of the Indians was a tragedy. I do not like what government does, and so let's never forget, government is doing this. I am for limited government. Governments that have too much power constantly make mistakes. Do we want to talk about the millions of Americans presently incarcerated because they have a different way of getting high than the politicians would like, or they meet the needs of those who have a different way of getting high? Uh, the list goes on and on. I don't trust government. You shouldn't either. If I was gonna run for office, there was only, there don't, there'd only be one thing I would campaign
0: on if I was gonna run for president. One thing, and I'm old enough to run for president now apparently, uh, and it would be that the only thing I'll do for you, okay, I was, I'm gonna go in and I am going to get a gigantic stack of all of the incarcerated federal inmates on nonviolent violent jug- drug charges. We're going to go through them, and we're going to remove people who, who pleaded down from violent charges because someone had committed a violent crime, and no, 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 well, I'm sorry, You're, you, 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 get, you go to prison. But for everybody who got arrested because they were doing a little bit of drugs here and there, I'm just going to start rubber stamping pardons. That's yep. it. Rubber stamping those pardons. I'll be in office for one day. I will resign. I'll get a vice president who has a plan or something, and I'll just be like, look, you vote for me. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to commute the sentences of all of these people, pardon every single one of them. Then I'm going to pass a bunch of executive orders saying, stop enforcing these particular laws, and then they'll sue me and do whatever they want. And then I'll be like, whatever. I don't care. That's my purpose.
1: I'm leaving. I don't want to do
0: anything else. I don't want to be in charge of anybody. I don't want to deal with war. All I want to do is finally get someone to go in and be like, this dude was, 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 was rocking the ganja by himself, and now he's in prison. None of that. Amen.
2: I want to get granular <laughs> on all Amen. these executive orders you want to sign. You want to what? Tell me about these executive orders you want to sign. Maybe not right now,
0: but. Oh like like stop having the, the feds go after people who are minding their own business and enjoying, you mm-hmm. know, partaking in some contraband substance.
1: Mm-hmm. Prohibition
0: doesn't work. I'm not a fan of it. If somebody wants to go into like their 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 back room with dark lights and, you know, blast off to meet the elves, why is it anybody's business? Why why do you go to prison for that? That's
2: dumb. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. People want to eat mushrooms? Is well, there, some places have legalized or, or
2: decriminalized mm, mushrooms. I think it's because they're afraid free thinkers will overthrow the government. So they're trying yeah, well. to subvert the free thinking, I think. There's a dude right now, and he's got some love beads
0: in front of his door. He's got black lights and posters with glowing mushrooms, and all he wants to do is sit there and he got off work. He worked, you know, he's, he's, got a, he's got a tough, stressful job. Maybe, you know, maybe he works in the sewer. Maybe he's wearing waders in these suits and he's going down and wading through sewers to pull rat kings out of pipes to clear the, the clogs. And all he wants to do when he gets home is take a little DMT and blast off to meet the elves. A little neurogenesis. Now you go to prison for that. Yep. He's not hurting anybody. No. Well, I suppose if you want him to be of sound mind, there's certain limitations. You know, don't be high while you're in the sewer because, you know, you can get you're hurt lying. or whatever. <laughs> but it, look, there are certain substances that I think if somebody chooses to do it, I, it's, it's weird to me that the government puts people in prison for nonviolent offenses with no victim. The victim is the person who chose to do it. That's mm-hmm. so dumb. Selling it to kids? Okay, that I get. You know, don't do that kind of stuff. Alright, let's see. John Ballou says, Tim moved to Texas, very business friendly, and there's a ton of us, TV and film workers here ready to go. I will say this about Texas. Texas is awesome. It's... Like what, probably my favorite state, you know. If, if I was gonna have to pick a state, because it's it's Texas. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, guns. I love Texas. Yeah, you go to the store, you buy a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> they, they by by law have to give you, Put you know, a, it, yeah. a, a Smith and Wesson 500. And a badge. No. Um That's a Family Guy joke. Um, <laughs> the problem is, a lot of people are going to Texas right now, and it feels just like they're following the crowd. You know, so I'm looking for something new. I don't want to. I don't want to do what everyone else does. I want to find something new and build something new. And, uh yeah, we're out in the middle of nowhere. So we're not in uh, – well, well, you mentioned where we were. For those – most people probably yes, know I, by did now. Did I anyway.
1: cross the line in saying that? I no, apologize.
0: because there, there, there yes. was an article that came out that, like, mm-hmm. they were trying to smear me. I don't want to talk too much about it. But they, they went above and beyond to make sure everybody knew exactly where we were. Mm-hmm. And it's like a mainstream news outlet trying to just uh, get us hurt, I suppose. But uh, anybody who wanted to just Google it knows we're in Maryland. So, But uh, hey, it is what it is. All right, let's grab some more Super Chats here. We'll do a little bit more. We're going a little bit over, but we had a, we had a ton of Super Chats.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah, this is really good. Archangel says, Ian said, Graphene,
2: everyone drink. He mm-hmm. said, <laughs> Federal Reserve, <laughs> Graphene, yes, Blockchain. So, and Lord of the Rings. I have more things to say. DMT. <laughs> the Rings. Yeah, that too. What else? We got that too.
0: We need uh, to start thanks. setting. We, we, need, we need to set up a, a, uh, like a D&D show, a D&D
2: podcast, I guess. I'm so I'm ready. ready. Yeah. I have the 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 beginning of the campaign ready to go. We just got, I want you guys to make your own characters. Yeah. So you know, you know about
0: Dungeons and Dragons? Oh yeah.
2: Do yeah. you, you ever play it? No, never.
0: I've only it. ever done that one time at the theater yeah. with uh with with you guys. But it's I, I, I think some people probably take it really seriously, I'd imagine, where they're actually like taking the numbers down. For us, it was kind of like we're sitting around eating pizza and drinking and, and cracking jokes
2: about stupid... Guess what character you guys think Tim made for his D&D campaign, and I'll tell you at the end of the show. So type it in chat. And oh, yeah, a- yeah, yeah. Here's your chance to super chat what you think my
0: D&D character is. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm willing to bet people are going to get it. Oh, we'll, we'll I'm see. willing some to people bet people will, are going to yeah. get it.
2: I think people are going to well, get no. it. Well, no, I'll tell you in a minute.
0: The All nuts. right. Yeah, so we'll read some more Super Chats and then we'll see what you guys say. Uh, Artemis Fowl says, what's this guy's social credit score? Uh, <laughs> seven. <laughs> seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out, out of
0: what, though? I don't that's know. Seven could yesterday. be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ten could be good. Or a thousand, that's that bad. I don't
2: 2,500,
0: 2,500. Yeah. <laughs> 800,
2: like actual credit.
0: All right. Uh, Nasfratu says, chat's stuck on CCP shill. Sad. <laughs> Yeah, there's a decent amount of people who, uh, aren't fans. But, Disagree yes. With China. I think, I think most people are willing to recognize that everybody agrees with them, though. It's always hard because, I want, you know, I, I, am not gonna shy away from the, the criticism super chats at the same time. But I don't wanna make it seem like everyone's angry when some people are angry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a big, um, topic to talk about a corrupt government <laughs> and then the economics underneath. This, mm-hmm. uh, this, this, this is a good super chat. It's, oh, my god, this is awesome. LOL says, fight me, five year bet, John. So, uh, in five years, I guess. If you're wrong, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Got oh, well, okay, well, <laughs> okay, yeah, five so years. I better be right then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tyler Pruitt says China banned Animal Crossing because people were protesting and organizing there. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. China's banned an Animal Crossing. Yeah, people, I like guess, were putting free Hong Kong in Animal Crossing, oh. so they got rid of the game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
0: Amazing. Too late. Trent Lomelino says John is a CCP operative. Prove <laughs>
1: me wrong. Well? If only I was an operative, that would presume they were paying me something. Pay pretty. No, pretty no well, right? you know, look. Uh, it's interesting how there
0: are pro pro like America First libertarians, and then more open trade open. I don't know what's the right word for that? Economic trade, international trade, libertarians, mm-hmm. where they're like. I don't think I've met a, 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 a big L Libertarian that's outright said open the borders entirely no restrictions. Yeah. I think it's mostly similar to what you're saying, like legalize it, have them come in through the normal process, but make it a lot easier. You yeah, know? is that the, is that the common?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, probably in my perfect world, yeah. I, I look, borders are open in the United States right now. It's not like everyone's fl- yeah. flowing out of West Virginia into Virginia. I mean, think about it. You know, well, not,
0: a, actually. Well, uh, West Virginia offered to actually annex several parts of Virginia because of their laws. People are flooding out of Michigan like crazy.
1: Yeah, they are. But Michigan's still got a population. Uh, You know, Texas has always bragged that they take people from California at a high rate every day. Uh, You know, Texas used to be Mexico so wait 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 so we like them if they if they're in in texas but we don't like if they come from mexico in my perfect idealistic world i i would market forces applied everything and human capital they want to come to the united states obviously they're not going to haiti haiti doesn't have an immigration problem does it and so i would like to legalize it but i think it's worth compromising on this one if is just say okay just announce yourself Work's legal. Uh, Citizenship's probably more distant object. Most of them don't want it in the first place. They just want to work here. It's a market signal. If we crash the economy, they won't be coming here.
0: All right. Madison McAfee says, Tim, you should invite a rational and logical female millennial obtaining a BS in maths with concentration in stats who goes against your stigmas. I mean me. Invite me. Also, Ian, (laughs) 2 plus 2 equals 4. Base number systems has nothing to do with the argument. Ooh, you got a Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. have right, that person on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Madison, send an email to what's been the UFO.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be on the show, though, so I'm not trying to... Yeah, you know, I was kind of being facetious because I don't know who you are, but right. I <laughs> liked your comment.
2: Do you like to bet them a little bit?
0: Rocky Truman says, are you wearing off? Last night you were swatting bugs. Not so much tonight. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now okay. we're going to... So, we're in the no, studio. Behind <laughs> scenes I heard about this. Yes. the scenes, secret. Yes. There's no food <laughs> yes. in the studio. There's the none. closest thing we have to it is there's a bowl of fruit snacks that no All one really sealed. ever takes. Was All someone sealed.
1: barbecuing downstairs though? I thought probably. I smelled some... yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah. food's downstairs, yeah. way yeah. far away.
2: Okay.
0: So Ian has his coffee. Uh huh. But we come up. We come up, and the studio table is covered in ants, <sighs> randomly just milling about. They weren't in a line. <laughs> they weren't taking anything. <laughs> They're chilling. And I'm like, what? What? What, what is this? I'd be oh, so mad. Discon. Yeah, but it's whatever.
2: Maybe someone spilled sticky liquid someday and then...
0: No, no, no. They weren't eating anything. They, uh, so I guess warm what happens mother. is it got warm yeah. and they started looking for.
2: Yeah, it was food just stuff, yesterday. You know? They were over here. Too. It is possible someone put like a, a something in the trash can, like a. Oh,
0: they were nowhere near the an trash empty can. Empty bottle. of no, 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 Sweet no. sugary. They were on so the they, they were on the table, not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. They were just randomly running around. Chilling. So there's chilling. no line of them. No, no yeah. line. No, no. They were yeah. probably just looking for stuff. I foraging
1: guess. And yes, Tim was swatting ants all night.
0: Yeah, I was, was going like picking them up and flicking them and six million tissues the night
1: right night. I don't I think there's any. I haven't a seen lot. any tonight. Yeah, I've I've, I have not good. been attacked by even good, one. Good, good. They're very
2: friendly. <laughs> it's a great yeah. first impression for, uh, Jim. Alright, I... the,
0: the Red Hydra says, have you considered Jacksonville, Florida for a new home base? We got oh. plenty of property, great beaches, an international airport, Kona skate park, no state tax, and so much more. Plus it's Florida. We're back in business. Oh. It is beautiful,
1: Jacksonville. Yes. I love it
0: there. You're good but nice. I really so like it.
1: Hot. Yeah.
0: Jacksonville is 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 what that's closer to the Panhandle, right? Is up north. It's
1: like you're in Georgia, but you're in Florida. Hmm. So you get the 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 right wingness if you prefer that of Georgia, but you get Florida <coughs> taxes. It's just it's just too hot, too muggy, Florida. Ah. Luke it's loves it's Florida. hot as H here in the summertime. That's too. We're near Washington. D- Washington DC is just swamp. Awful. Absolutely, yeah, swamp. Wasn't yes. it literally a swamp? Yes, I <laughs> think so. I, mean, yeah. I think that's the point, right? And so, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right.
0: All right, Arbiter Media says another Ian special move could be a back, uh, could be or wait could be a backhand releasing the code, leaving opponents dazed and dumbfounded <laughs> by so much knowledge. But power only him and Tim can harness.
2: Ooh, yeah, like- I'll be like, yeah! and then you'll see like the green letters behind me, like the Matrix no, no. letters. The code, and then it's like yeah.
0: Ian's <laughs> Ian's free the code ability is where he fires, he, he, he connects the graphene wires from his fingertips <gasps> to the person and it disables their technology. Oh. And like, you'll, like whatever their special moves are, you'll see code burst from their tech and their tech <laughs> shuts off. All right. And then it stuns their specials for like five or ten seconds. So it's like
2: going it. to be a cybernetic
0: fighting game. Yeah. Well, some people have magic powers, you know. Jordan Peterson, his, his super move will be that his, his, he, he, he looks down and, energy starts like coming off of his body and then he punches the ground and then all of a sudden a gigantic lobster, lobster. erupts. Yeah, that comic. And then he rides it and then it slams into you. Yeah,
1: lobster summon. That. Yeah, it's great.
0: And Joe Rogan would literally just be normal MMA moves.
1: Yep. Yeah. Like, all normal He'd MMA stuff. be
2: like stuff. the wrestler, yeah. like Zangief. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Zangief? Zangief? Zangief, I think. Zangief. Zangief. I've tried to, tried to go in the middle. All right, all right, all right. We, we've gone
0: along. I want to see if people, what their guesses were to... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what they what they thought I would be, and uh so let let's let's see what we got here.
2: What kind of D and D character do you think Tim? Yeah, made? yeah so some, yeah. let's, let's see some super guess. chats of what people thought. What kind of weapon made. or weapons was he using? What was his class? All right, so in his race. This is wrong.
0: Oh. Jack Bensavenga says I don't know much about D and D, but I'm assuming Tim was a bard of some sort. Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> incorrect. In- close. Well, I'll
2: say why I said that was close
0: afterwards. That's not close, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> Ian should watch Knights of. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Another person said Tim is a bard for sure. Really? Absolutely incorrect. Interesting. You would
2: like that class though. Bard?
0: No, I wouldn't. Maybe Absolutely right. not. Halfling.
2: We went over this. Well, they're, they're similar. Okay. Do you want me to tell? No, 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 okay, no, no. Hold on. I gotta somewhere. read Simple
0: more. But <laughs> not even, not, not, even class. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this. Red Corvin was close because he's given, he's given the race as well. Ha- uh, halfling, half elf, half human mage. Mm. Very, very close. Very close. Yes. All right, let's see. Small insects live in banana peels. Look it up. Thank you. Oh my god, this is awesome. LOL. That was a very, very important super chat. No
1: bananas up here, guys. None.
0: All right, I guess I guess there's not many people who have any other guesses. All right, well, the answer is We gotta up, up. make sure. <laughs> gotta make sure. I want to be fair to the people we need who super our, chatted we need our answer. with their with their guesses.
2: Yeah. I don't see
0: it. No, I think that's I it. I think most people are just complaining about China. Tim uh, yeah. was a
2: <laughs> quarter elf. <laughs> rogue quarter elf rogue. I mean it's a, he was a half elf for the rules but I think you know, are you a quarter charisma? I was like can
0: I, can I be a quarter elf I mean, yeah you get like, the same well, bonuses guess, as but elf. you're basically a half elf <laughs> <laughs>
2: but he was a charismatic diplomat uh, uh-huh. kind of like the bard the bard relies heavily on charisma and has some rogue abilities like pickpocketing I was, I was, and I was a, a rogue with high
0: charisma yep huh. yeah Makes and it sense. was it was funny i convinced the barmaid to to give everyone goat's milk which turned out to be spoiled and then i spoiled goat's milk is just chev and everyone enjoyed it and they yes. celebrated having goat's cheese <laughs> i remember that night. basically you know we're not the kind of people that play D D like all serious like i am a wizard and i will blast you with magic it's more like all right so my guy you know he punches a dude in the balls and then steals his beer and then like <laughs> all we're <right>. all drinking
2: <laughs> three guys stand up around him roll initiative <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say when conflict emerges <laughs> yeah it
0: was just fun silly jokes that's why it would be a great like podcast show because it's basically just people hanging out cracking jokes and It's just comedy. It's just fun silliness. And, you know, like, I grab the chicken from outside and I throw it at the guy and the chicken scratches his face. and other silly nonsense. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on Friday night. I know most of you could be out at the bar and get your game on. But instead, you come here to listen to us talk about very important things. So thanks so much.
1: Appreciate that. Leave
0: us a a good like. Smash that like button because when you like, when you comment, you're telling YouTube that you really like the show. And YouTube takes that into consideration. Also, go over to TimCast.com. Become a member because... Let me tell you something. Somebody uh, made a video where they were like, Tim Pool's got to see this. And, then, and they're, a, they're a BMX rider. And I've been talking about how we want to get more than just skateboarding going on here. So you guys ride scooters if you're aggressive inline, if you're BMX. If you're skateboarders, we want to make videos. And there's some stuff we have to go through in terms of like legal process. But uh, So uh, somebody hit us up. They want to film a video. And they look like they're pretty good at BMX. So we're going to film that. And uh, I, I am very confident, probably like Sunday night, it'll be up on the blog section of the website. So that'll be free for everybody, whether you're a member or not, because this is just more, you know, I don't know, it might be like a 10 minute vlog video of skateboarding and BMX and inline or whatever we end up doing. And then maybe we'll like show the chickens a little bit, but we're actually going to film this because we actually do have someone planning on coming out. So check that out. We're we're going to be ramping things up. We are planning the vlog. Now that things are getting nicer, whole lot of work's got to get done. We are going to be bringing back Friday night music. We are going to be setting up live shows in our venue space. So we'll actually get bands and comedians and actually have these events. And that means also members will be invited to come because we need an audience for these events. So that's going to be a lot of work, a lot of people that we have to hire. And woof, uh, things are expanding really, really quickly. So to everybody who tuned in, thanks so much for hanging out. You can check out the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. And uh, my other YouTube, my other YouTube channels are YouTube.com/slash/TimCast, YouTube.com/slash/TimCast News. Leave us a good review if you're listening on iTunes. And again, subscribe. We're gonna break a million subs by next week. I hope that'll be awesome. And uh, you want to shout anything out? I know you got a book, John.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. What a, what a pleasure it was to be here. Yes, this is my new book. Uh, all Everyone should buy several copies or something like that. But thank you so much for engaging me. When great conversation. I learned yeah, so much. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Was flattered man. to be Thanks here, for coming. So. The book, and, fun. Oh, yeah, your Twitter? What is your Twitter? Oh, at John Tamney. So it, nice. very original. Again, the name John Tamney. Mm-hmm. When Politicians Panicked. When Politicians Panicked is the book. It's on all the major platforms uh, to be... Uh, This was really enjoyable, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I kind of feel like we barely kind of
2: scratched the surface on some issues about (laughs) economy, but it was really, really great to hear a lot about from what your perspective on this stuff is. Well thank you very much. I learned so much. Well, oh, man, thanks for coming. Yo, you guys can follow Media and net and get my socials from there. We are building the Fediverse out, which is a decentralized internet service where we're going to allow people to Tim wants to add some
0: Well, i to say it exists already. It, <laughs> we're building it
2: out. Yeah. We we we're, we want to we want to kind of add to this
0: protocol in in a very positive mm-hmm. way to expand free speech and free thought
2: using like the Matrix and we're going to make we're, we're we're attempting to build a subscription model service that basically we cut out the middleman. Like, There's not going to be a Patreon or anything like that. This, this technology will function as that service for you, so you'll be able to describe, subscribe to different websites around the Internet and, and handle payments and processes that way. So if you want to get involved with that, if you're a developer and you'd like to help, please contact me on Twitter uh, with a direct message. You can also message me on Minds, and um, I'll set you up with our chat room, our Fediverse chat room.
0: The idea basically is if you want to create a page that's like a subscription service, Patreon, we would we would give you this open source package that you could just install on a server. You know, Let's say you buy server space from some company. You have a domain name. You click this button. Boom, it expands. It runs on the server. And now you've got your own version of like TimCast.com or something where you can upload content for members only. You can take membership subscriptions. So then all of these independent commentators, creators, influencers don't need to give 10% to some company for no reason. There'll be an open source version. The open source team will build upon it because they want to build upon it. I mean, we use open source software across the board for a lot of what we do. And a lot of people need to realize this too. A lot of servers run on Linux because it's free, it's cheap, it's effective. Open source is amazing. And I really want to, uh, I want to get rid of these middlemen who can ban you, who can destroy your careers and destroy your lives. The best part is though, what we want to do with the Fediverse, this this is a decentralized network for social media. The idea would be on your website, there's a networking discover section, which shows you all these other websites that use the same service. So it creates a decentralized network of people just using a similar code. Effectively, a totally decentralized social media subscription influencer platform no one can ban you from except your own business partner. So that's the plan, man. But Ian's basically running it. So get, get
2: involved. Hit you up on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter, man. Right Let's on.
0: do this. We also got Sarpatch I am
2: technically here pushing buttons in the corner. Um,
1: I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Mines
2: and in Gab Instagram.
1: I am Sour Patch Lids on a few platforms, so just follow me wherever.
0: <laughs> Thanks for hanging
2: out, everybody. Check out TimCast.com, become a member, and we will see you all next time.
1: Bye, guys.